Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Loss of Lieutenant. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Val. How are we doing? It's see your fa- yeah, it's good to see your face, Val. Yes, yes, we've got our cameras it's on. Been, it's been a minute. Has actually. Um, so, for this episode, uh, we will be doing a BCB mission review. Um, so, ah. we'll be taking a look at the missions in BCB. Um, going through each each of them, uh, we're, we're not looking at spending a huge amount of time on like getting down to the missions, but more talking about how the missions form how we would approach going to BCB, so list building and that sort of thing. Um, we'll cover the missions, uh, we'll give our thoughts on the missions themselves, but we're going to try and move as quickly as we can into sort of a more holistic talk about um, the missions. Um, and but. Just before we get into um, our normal catch-up, I just wanted to cover something that's pretty exciting. So um, as some of our listeners may have uh, watched or heard, we were lucky enough to get uh, from Corvus Belly an early sample of the Marut and the uh, Aya in their new plastic resin. I did a video putting it together, showing how um, like sort of it cleans up, which... Uh, I'll reiterate here, much better than the Sirocast. It's pretty much, it feels like, like it acts it's almost like metal as far as cleaning it up. Um, and we decided uh, that instead of uh, holding a death match between the three of us for who's going to keep the models, we would uh, give back to the patrons that have helped us keep this sh- uh, show going as uh, well as it has um, and give back to our community. So we got them painted up. Uh, the Aya was painted up by Danny Paints, and the Marut was painted up by uh, Wendigo Wet Palette, two uh, professional painters, model painters here in Melbourne, or in Victoria. Um, so at the very end of this episode, we're going to raffle it off to um, our patrons, so stay tuned for that lucky winner. That's right. Yeah. So Aiden uh, and Danny both have uh, Instagram. So uh, we've shared on our socials and on Discord. They're basically their details. So if you want to give them a follow on Instagram, yeah. uh, they paint a range of models, uh, GW, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Infinity, whatever you like. So yeah, they're yeah. really great guys. Yeah. And if you want to see the models, uh, we'll put up after the raffle, some of the more like the videos and stuff we were sent, but we've put up sort of a, the, the four views of them up on our Discord, up on our uh, Facebook. So if you want to go and see them, go and visit um, our Facebook page at Lost Lieutenant. Um, and yeah, they both did a really good job. Uh, we were just talking pre-show, Danny does this technique of stippling, which is where you sort of stab at the paint, the um, uh, at the model, and it's with the ultimate technique of looks like garbage until you start getting to the end, and then it just comes together. It's like it just awesome. it's it's all it's it's at one point, and then it's just amazing. Yeah. Um, so thank you both to um, our painter Danny Paints and Wendigo Wet Palette. Look them up on Instagram um, if you're looking for um, uh, some really good painters to paint up that centerpiece model in your army. Hit them up. Uh, absolutely yeah um but with that uh we'll do the draw later on this episode but with that let's uh do a bit of a catch-up val i haven't heard too much about your games what have you been up to so um so i had my i had been up to a couple of things um i think i had a game my third round game was with aaron 
so we're running the uh, as part of the league here in Melbourne that the Cavs are running. Uh, my third game uh, for the league was against Aaron, one of the new players, re- relatively new players in Melbourne. He was running Cosmoflot and into my attack, and we we're playing Armory. And I thought, Ooh, oh yeah, it's an yeah, interesting thought, matchup. Yeah, it was until he brought the most disgusting five-man link I've ever seen. He had Caden First Strike, uh, Patcher with Breast 4, effectively Breast 4 Vulcan Shotguns, a Varangian for Smoke, uh, Unknown Ranger with AP Spitfire, and then uh, some Doctor, Stranock Doctor, whatever. Um, Yeah, the Stranock Doctor. Yeah, yeah, man, that was such a cool link. Um, And yeah, we had a really good game, actually. Uh, Yeah, lots of of interesting uh, gunfights and back and forth. But um, yeah, Aaron got up on me in that one. He pushed me out of the the room i had some tr some of the tractor mules around the room some mines i had some dog warriors in there but when that five manling came through it just it came and through. and that oh, that vulcan shotgun he's just able to cover first the entire four. room if he wants first four vulcan shotgun it was... so is it so is it burst one naturally it's burst two plus one yeah, okay. And then in, a, in a link, it's breast four. It was so cool. It was so cool. Wow. Um, yeah, just thematically, like he's got this big suit just, like, just coming through and just hosing things down. Yeah, so that was a really good game. Um, I think Aaron has been playing the game for about a year. Uh, he's a lovely painter. He's a really good painter, actually. Uh, but yeah, he's been playing about a year, so we worked work together uh, throughout the game. Uh, but that's my third loss for the league. Uh, so I started with Doug me to the sword and then after that i just haven't been able to win a game so it's been pretty interesting uh so i've got my mm-hmm. fourth round game this thursday uh fighting for wooden spoon so we'll see how we yeah. end up um, i mean armory does sound like a tough game for tack it can, um, it can be because yeah. i if like if memory serves i mean they're okay i guess at clearing the the armory, but not great. Yeah. I mean, a, a patcher with burst four Vulcan shotgun is going to do better than most things. In, um, yeah, Pavel um, had to get rid of him. Pavel was like, yeah, enough. So he just decharged <laughs> the shit out of him, and then they traded. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cool game, really good game. Uh, aside that, I've got... Um, we played some Aristea recently um, at Axon Ales. Y- last night, actually, we had six of us. Uh, they were doing some prime time, so four player hours day, and then me and Josh, mm. uh, Josh, he played a one on one game to a nice eight or eight or draw. It was really fun, actually. Good to, good to play hours day again. Actually, it's a really, really good game. Uh, for those of you new to Corvus Belly or Infinity, uh, it was this one of their, uh, I think maybe their second game that they made. Um, you can still get it. It's really good. Highly recommended. Definitely worth having part of your board game collection. Yeah. One day I'm going to have to make you sit down and actually teach me the damn thing because yeah, all I've ever managed to do is watch people play it. Nah, it's really good. I hope we get some of it being played at BCB. I'll definitely have my copy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll get um, Hector down as well. It's re- yeah, really great game. And the only other thing I've done in Infinity Related is I caught up with Ivory. Ivory, uh, one of our listeners and one of the Sydney locals, he was down in Melbourne for uh, his teacher's fencing. Uh, I won't give away too many more details about him. But yeah, he was basically here uh, for a, a fencing meet. And he, yeah, we, we got some time, we got dinner, talked all things Infinity. Uh, I basically used, them, uh, used it as an opportunity to get inside on things lists So for, B, uh, for BCB. So I'm hoping to, yeah. Last year in CanCon, you asked for right. people's lists, and now you, you know, he Ivory. If anyone remembers, I think he won the uh, Anzac Cup. 
Oh, do you win? No, 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 Anzac Cup. Uh, I don't know if he's won a tournament yet. No, we got, we got him in for we, we got him in for views from the Ivory Tower. Oh, I think he came. Oh, that's because he ran um, uh, Pano at uh, CanCon. It was really Vanilla a pity Pan. invite. Yeah, he hasn't actually won anything. That was a pity invite. Oh, well, don't <laughs> Jesus he comes down to Melbourne, sees you, and you bag him. No, no, no. Um, so, no, no he, he's excellent. He's actually going to be playing. Um, yeah, he, I'm not sure. He's still tossing up between where he's playing, but we'll see. Uh, whatever he's playing is going to be very, very strong with. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, on the topic, Jacob, of um, submitting lists for um, BCB, you yes. baited our listeners with your post saying, hey, guys, this episode is going to be all about lists. So, so two th- two things. A, I apologize. I'm, I mucked up the schedule. This uh, was a, I thought this was going to be the Pit My List BCB episode. That's the next episode. Um, secondly, probably good that it ended up that way because at the moment we haven't quite got enough submissions. So anybody who's listening, get your lists in, right? Uh, we were, I, I love our uh, Pit My List episodes. They're a lot of fun for us to yeah. do. So start submitting them even if even if they're the fake lists and they're all weird and stuff doesn't make a difference absolutely no uh, that's right so it's a good, a good option to make a shout out there we will be doing an episode uh in anticipation to bcb of uh basically going through people's lists that they're taking uh feel free to send us in your list there that you might need help with or you just want to flex mm. on people or yeah or you just are tossing up between three lists and you just want a bit of an opinion it's like is this list any good Whatever, whatever you feel, uh, you you know, we think that might be worth uh, asking. Do it. We're happy, all for it. We're curious to see what people are bringing, and we'll obviously be sharing some of our lists as well. Yeah, and um, not to, I suppose, to uh, like blow our own horn too much, but um, people have submitted lists, and afterwards um, have come up to us and said, like, "Hey, I was really so struggling, st- like struggling trying to figure." you know, this new army out and I was really appreciated um, your advice. So it's not just us, you know, taking the piss. We we we, we are there to help to some extent. I shared my list for um, CanCon and I still came third. So it's not like it's going to give you a disadvantage or anyone's going to be like, oh, yeah. what's your list? Oh, and then they're going to come to the table and know everything you've got. So don't yeah. worry about it. But if you do have that feel, feel free to submit it anonymously. Actually, we, we prefer if you do, you submit it anonymously. I'll make it more fun for us to guess as well. So who this who it could be. So, yeah. Anyway, um, Jacob, what have you been up to? Uh, I've had a couple of games. I'm still sort of um, playing around uh, with Bakunin. Um, so I had a game uh, last week with uh, Tristan. Finally got to play his Deshat. I always, I always love playing people who play... Um, NA2, uh, A, because you never, you rarely get to see NA2 armies, and B, I can generally go in there and not be too afraid of what they're taking because NA2 armies struggle. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, most of them are. He's still yeah. got bloody Spiral Core and uh, JSA sitting in the JSA NA2 lists. Um, but yeah, still, still sort of trying to figure out um, Bakunin. It's more at this point trying to figure out what of the all the really good things they have that mm. I like the most. So I put this list together that inadvertently, as I was putting it together, formed a um a five man uh a reverend call. Um as uh, along with I wanted to try and do a list that mixed the 
observant side and the mm-hmm. anarchy side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that, and then on the other side, I had the Chimera, obviously a bunch of moderators, um, and Taskmaster with the Morlocks. Um, and we were playing um, uh, Capture and Protect. Uh, I got fairly lucky um, in the first turn. Um, a couple of like bad rolls uh, by uh, Tristan, like, and but it also did show just the resilience of the Moiras. That three armor can really come in clutch, especially when you've got. I had Mother Agatha in this in this court. So she's right next to somebody, so I'm willing to go and say. If he came at me with a light shotgun with the template, I'm willing to go, okay, hopefully she'll pass one of these armor saves and Mother Agatha's right there to pick her back up. Um, I'll kill him, get rid of this Coombe Rider and pick her back up. Should have worked that way. Uh, hit the, the um, sorry, Moira HMG, did eventually go down to the Coombe Rider. Went up to with Mother Agatha with first three med kit, killed her. Oh, Killed that's her. impressive. <laughs> yeah, so, do you get like reroll two... if you did the doctor? No, no, no. I did med kits because I wanted to be order efficient. Yeah. I was like, there's no, like, on, it's on 12s. I rolled two 17s and an 18 and just HMG gone. Oh, and you hit all, th- so you hit all three shots? I hit all within, three. Yeah, but you and then me, And then failed every single oh, fizz What test. are the odds of that? I'd be curious. Uh, not, not, not huge. Um, so anyway, I mean, th- that was mm, unfortunate, but still the freaking, uh, Moira's just, um, they just, they're just so hard for things to hit. If you don't have enough MSV, eh? like he put a Maggie in my, f- he put a Maggie in my face. Um, and I'm just sitting there with burst three sniper rifle. He's, I, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever got hit. I was always like succeeding. Um, I made I made a I'll admit there was one problem is I haven't played with a core in a long time. Um, made a couple of mistakes in core positioning for whatever reason. I very obviously uh, put a center bite in in line of sight of his um, or an easy line of sight of his MSV two brawler sniper. Don't know why ah, I did that. Nice. Don't know why yeah, I did yeah. that. I, I once I finished the turn, I was like, "That was dumb. Oh. That brought that Cenobite's going to die." Yeah. Sure How did you find the Cenobite actually? Uh, well, she just died in this one. Okay, so you, okay. I've 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 used them more, with more success before, um, and th- they are like the ultimate. The best thing about the Cenobite is a, it's cheap. It's got. Decent amount of wounds, yeah. but because of the loadout they've got, um, they're great for like I would almost always put them on the edges of your fire team, and they're just mm-hmm. great for covering a corner. Yeah, because you come around and you go, I'm either going to dodge and into melee, and I'm pretty good at melee. Um, I've got burst that particular one, the chain rifle one has burst plus one pistol, so in a yeah. core is well, on the active is burst four, but burst oh, two yeah, normally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. That profile's great. So yeah, I'm I'm getting into the point where I'm try- sort of narrowing down what I like about um, Bakuna, but also yeah. figuring out their weaknesses. So Bakuna do lack a lot of good midfield. They've got the basic camo uh, uh, thing. I camo. Yeah, the initiates are nice that they've got now um, with the repeater. Mm. Um, you still get the tomcats? No, not tom. Jesus. Um, the prowlers. 
Yeah, like I said, they've got sort of the standard array of camo, like infiltrating camo, infiltrating TO camo. Yeah. They do have the initiates, which is nice, like the once used camo with the deployable repeater. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like there's nothing really, like they don't have anything above, they don't have like a Moran or the, uh, yeah, or, um, like a, or like a Caliban or something like that that like yeah, pops yeah, out yeah. and it's this huge threat. They don't have anything really like that, um, and they don't have a lot of speed. They don't have any bikes. Um, most cool. like they're st- like they're the like riot girls and stuff. Yeah, they're six two, but that's still only eight it's inches. It's nicer, but it's not great. Mm. Um, as well as this particular season, the lack of train total hurts them. Uh, yeah, because right. we're playing capture and protect, and we'll get it. You know what? I'm not even going to go th- into yeah. it. We'll do it later. Uh, um, um, I, I was that... gonna. I was gonna say the his speed comes in the form of uh, auto efficiency and impetuous, right? And in terms of impetuous, the what you've got impetuous is uh, your Morlocks and your Uberfowl, um, right? That's that. That's it. So they're mm. they're that's like your two avenues of speed. Yeah. And... It 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 does uh, it it does like work. The problem is is that like when I think about speed, I think about sort of getting to the middle, doing an objective, and then sort of getting back to yeah, safety or something like that, because that's generally how Infinity goes. Um, yeah, like, the Morlocks can be fast, and they can, um, like, they can get work done. Um, but I just I just, I just, just don't see them as, like, sort of, um, like, objective getters or anything yeah, like yeah, that. I understand. understand. Um, Uberfout, yeah, is quick. Again, is, like, that one thing that's quick, but it doesn't really do anything because it's not that... It doesn't have, like, a specialist um, objective. Uh, mm-hmm. Specialist operative. The other thing I'm finding... I, I found every time I took the Uberfout is I don't like taking all three of the Pupniks mm. um, because they... It's... It, like it's difficult to fit them all into cover and hide them, and they tend to just get under each other's feet. Uh, um, and every time I've played somebody who has pupniks, one of them has to die. Like one of them just ends up getting shot in an ARO yeah, and dies. Yeah. Right. Whereas you could do, you could achieve the same thing with just having two, and you just don't have that one pupnik die. Um, it's like the dog where it's hard to use, like the hard to use uh, model of your faction, kind of. Yes. Yeah, well, it, it's it's one of those things that everyone, rightfully so, thinks is dangerous, and they put some heavy ARO piece yes. there. At the very least, the Uberfell has the advantage of it has eclipse grenades and not smoke, so emosphere doesn't help. No. Um, so yeah, I'm still playing around. I want to play around with Brando more. Um, ah, I know, that's a I good know... Yes, he he is the like a sort of I suppose exception to the yeah. excuse yeah. that I'm giving is he's a very good midfielder. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got a I've got to sort of play around with him um, a bit more. It's it's yeah. mainly because BCB has a lot of touch something and take, bring it back. Yeah. He's not quite as useful as he would otherwise be. Um, yeah, it's like, interesting because he's an assassin, but he can't really assassinate anything chunky. He can go after weaklings. He looks like a bully. Is that right? From what I remember of his profile? Yeah, I yeah, because because they took away the DA weapon from him. Uh, um and he's only got a shock weapon now. He um yeah, he doesn't quite he can't quite punch as hard as he used to. Mm. Um I, admittedly that like if you're seeing a tag or something like that, probably the good thing is just because Brando's so maneuverable, is probably just get him into it's one of those things like how I use the dog warrior is you just get him into Malay and then you and stop just... giving him orders. Yeah, yeah, and then make him deal with it. Um, any mission that gives him like uh, the master breach, um, uh, D traps, uh, D charges might be 
pretty dangerous. Well, the problem is I'm pretty sure you can't you can't mark yeah, a state the master breach yeah, no. master yeah, breacher. Right, right, that right. said, and he doesn't have D charges, but he gets most of the other things that mm. the um master breacher oh, get. Yeah. He's got terrain total, he's got climbing oh, plus, he's got super okay. jump. Um yeah, no, he's he, he's great. Um especially because he can over infiltrate well. Yes. Um, I just haven't had a chance to use him. I'm sort of playing around. Like that one list that I was playing with, I could definitely move points around to sort of fit him in and not really affect the rest of the army. Mm -hmm. No, I get that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you like the format of our show, not a lot of news coming out. Um, Corvus Belly. Uh, from Corvus Belly. Uh, we, uh, Loss of Lieutenant, got some... Exciting news, and that's all I'll say. Yes. All right. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, like fortunately, unfortunately, not a lot of news. No new model releases or anything like that. Uh, they're probably sort of uh, ramping up to Gen Con that's coming soon. Um, so that's probably where they're they're probably saving all their juicy goss for then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're going to move on to um, our challenge announcements and our events. Val, take it Good. away. Let's do it. So the June monthly challenge, just the tip, ladies and gentlemen, we are looking for limited insertion lists. Uh, this month, we challenge you to build limited insertion lists uh, and write, write into us about your experience. When we say limited insertion, we mean single combat group. So that means 10 models. Um, may that, maybe that means you run your tag, maybe you run two tags. Uh, just, yeah, just trying to encourage you to play with uh, less models and more high premium models, I suppose. Um, and yeah, tell us how it goes. See if it changes your list. See if it changes your experience playing Infinity. Uh, how is it having 10 orders or uh, instead of the 15? Um, yeah, as always, uh, give us your reports and analysis uh, to lostlieutenant at gmail.com. And random winner will be chosen at the end of the month to win a free uh, to win a blister of their choice from TSI, Toy Soldier Imports. Yeah, I was thinking uh, today actually that um, someone potentially, I don't know, I'm thinking about it, um, needs to run uh, Elite Command Melbourne again. Yeah, yeah, that I miss that. Scam, I miss that yeah. format. Yeah, All right, so going on to our quarter two uh, challenge, mission received. This is the last <laughs> episode uh, before the challenge will be over. So. All right, we are. We have been asking for this quarter for our listeners to send us in their custom missions. I know that everybody out there's had a thought of, oh, what if I could? What if we had a mission like this? What if we had a mission like that? This is your chance to prove how good your creative, uh, creative skills are at creating infinity uh, missions. So send us in your mission ideas to loss of lieutenant um, at gmail.com. Uh, please. Uh, again, uh, stick to the format that you generally see um, uh, presenting the actual official ITS missions. It just helps with readability, helps with everybody under understand it. Um, and we'll randomly pick at the end of the quarter a uh, lucky uh, winner uh, to get a box of their choice from Toy Soldiers Imports. Additionally, right, we, Loss of Lieutenant uh, hosts, um, will be taking a look at some of these missions and picking this this will be us actually picking our top three uh to do a custom tournament uh which we will talk about uh in the events events announcements uh to do like an in real life tournament with them uh we've been reading through some of the submissions yeah. and i gotta say some of them are like um i, I, I like a, a lot of what i'm seeing i actually really enjoy stuff. them 
yeah yeah there's some really great missions and thank you for everyone who submitted so far there's about 18 submissions so far so there's a lot of people a lot of missions. yeah um some yeah some really creative ones some uh very uh clever ones using well-known formats uh and uh mm. mechanics to try and put a different spin on on the mission really good stuff so thank you all for who've submitted and we look forward to uh, a couple more um, um, right, so just uh, as part of the announcement, the next event we're going to shout out is Beer, Beer, Infi uh, Beer Affinity. But before we do that, uh, that's an event that's been held in Sydney. And some of the Sydney guys uh, have asked us to basically shout out their initiative that they're doing uh, in Sydney, uh, basically. What they're trying to do is they're trying to do a concerted drive to kind of spur up the Infinity community. Um, so basically... Um, I believe uh, it's an initiative by uh, Taro, Ryan, Ivory, and Frank with the help of Trent. Uh, and what they're doing is basically trying to find a venue for a uh, regular venue for Infinity to be played and run regular events and try, yeah, really grow the uh, Sydney community. So they've sent us an email and they've asked us to read it out word for word. So um, basically some of the Sydney guys are setting up a regular uh, community event and they're asking for input and feedback. The best way to get uh, a new gaming day off the ground is to hear everyone's feedback as to what they want. Uh, the, uh, to that end, there are polls on Infinity Australia Facebook group. Anyone who's keen on playing Infinity in Sydney is encouraged to vote on the venue, frequency and time, as well as provide any other input they'd like to share. The polls and discussions will run until the 3rd of July after Brewfinity. Uh, this, uh, with the first event running in August or September, if you want to play more games of Vinny, this is a great opportunity to make this event your own. So yeah, so it sounds like they're doing a regular event and as, uh, basically part of that, they're trying to grow the community wider. If you're not on Infinity Australia, uh, group, uh, join. And I'm, I'm wondering if the Sydney Affinity community have their own Facebook group, kind of like we do in Melbourne. I, I, th I think, I mean, I think it's New Infinity, New South Wales or something yeah, like that. Yeah, hopefully they have it. If they don't, yeah. they should just, I mean, hell, if you just put Infinity and then space and then put a hyphen and then see what c comes up, you'll find something. You'll probably find something. Be, what's, what, what's Sith? Sith was... Sydney Infinity something? No, uh, I think there was like a gaming group in Sydney. Uh, I think it was like the t t tied to a venue that they used to go to. I think, uh, well, but yeah. I I'm not one hundred percent sure. But um, yeah. But the the upcoming event in Sydney, which is uh, Brewfinity or uh, Beerfinity, I'm not sure. We've got two different names coming here. But the point is, um, they are having an event at a brewery. So have you ever wanted to play Infinity in a brewery? Well, now you can. Join us for a one-day tournament in Willie the Boatman Brewery in St. Peter's in Sydney's Inner West. On Sunday, July the 2nd, uh, it will be an ITS event with three games consisting of BCB missions. The first will be Cryogenics. The second will be Capture uh, and Protect or frontline, and the third mission will be supplies or decapitation. I'm interested how, interesting how they're going to do that. Um, entry is only $10 with a generous prize pool, and every entrant receives a Brewfinity container to add to their uh, terrain collection. Uh, we have room for 14 players, and the precinct uh, the precinct the brewery is in has plenty of parking and is also close to public transport. Uh, transport Sydney uh, Station, I think. Uh, for more information, search OTM for Brewfinity. Check the LOL Discord or contact Terra directly via... Uh, azurabbgmail.com and um, and did I mention a brewery? So yeah, uh, looks really good. So yes, yeah, it's great to hear this. Yeah, I, I, I think there's one pairing that I'm 
always heard about as Infinitium beer. Yes, yes. Um, that's why. Uh, that's why I think so many people enjoy uh, axes and ales. Yes, no, axes and ales have been great. <laughs> I've been really loving it. So. Uh, so the next event we're talking about uh, is Outbreak uh, TTD narrative event. Uh, so this is happening. Uh, on Saturday, the 8th of July at Throw the Dice in Geelong. It's a three-round, 300-point narrative event um, run by uh, Richard. So it's sort of a the theme is sort of a zombie apocalypse event. Uh, the main thing to know is that during this event, lists will be open information and there will be sort of random events uh, happening, happening like during the missions and all that sort of things. You know, sort of standard affair for a narrative event where the missions, yeah, it's about sort of, Throwing dice, playing Infinity, not so much about uh, winning. You know, if something random happens and it ruins your entire plan, it's kind of the point. Um, there will be special prizes for the best survivor and the best sick HVT. So tickets are $20 and they are available from the Throw the Dice website. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that's not far away now at all. So, yeah, that should be good. Two weeks away. I suppose it's not. Yeah, it's only about two weeks. Um, and then the week after, we have uh, Codename Custom Ordinance. So this is, as Jacob mentioned previously, this is the event we're running at House of War, uh, where we're going to be using three of the missions that have been submitted through our quarterly challenge. Um, basically, this is to celebrate our listeners' uh, efforts. Uh, this is also a great way to kind of play Infinity in a very different style. Seeing as we've had 18 missions uh, selected, uh, submitted, I'm probably going to... Uh, compile a pack of those missions for everyone who attends. Uh, that way, at least you, you walk away with pretty much a whole new custom ITS document of the missions that have been submitted as part of the challenge. Yeah, I, so I, I think we would be doing a disservice not to give everybody um, yeah. these missions. Some of the, it, like, well, we were going to have to choose three, um, but I can tell you right now, I think everybody in the like the every loss of lieutenant host probably has about five or six that they really like. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. And we'll be obviously releasing, we'll release them online as well for people to view as well. But um, yeah, for the event, I'm probably gonna uh, do some uh, physical printouts, so that sh that should be pretty good. Uh, but basically, remember the other thing with the, these missions is the fact that. Um, Heloise will be looking through them. So some of them might be used for the future ITS documents. So if you haven't entered the mission, please do. Um, yeah. If you'd like to support uh, us and the effort these uh, listeners have made, get on down. This is the 15th of July. It's a Saturday. It'll be at House of War, $20. And yeah, it should be a pretty good good event. Uh, should be a bit more, I guess, fun uh, and casual rather than uh, the, the next event that's coming up, which is BCB. Uh, yeah, speaking of, PCB happening uh, the 5th and 6th of August at the Flemington and Kensington uh, Bowls Club. Uh, now, um, as it is uh, June, the uh, ticket price is $75 uh, with still uh, Melbourne Wargaming Incorporated getting $5 off. Uh, and we'll obviously be covering the missions a bit later on. So I think we'll move on to the next event. Yes, the Stakeout 5 by Biovine Techvor. Uh, bovine Techvor. Bovine Techvor. Oh, not Biovine, Bovine. So tickets are on sale for Stakeout Bovine Techvor on September 2nd and 3rd in the beef capital of Australia, Rockhampton, Queensland. So this is for our Queensland players. Uh, the missions are subject to ITS 15. Uh, capture and protect highly classified Biotechvor, Frostbite, Decapitation. It's capped at 30 players at the beautiful and licensed Millennial Comics. Infinity Bingo and the usual social dinner will be back again. So, 
Yeah, so I uh, get to hear some news out of uh, Queensland. Uh, so obviously they've got an event coming up, so it's pretty exciting. I've just realised this: the second day of Bovine Tech 4 will be a bloodbath. It's Biotech 4, Frostbite, and Decapitation. Yeah. Like, if, if, if the only way he can make that more fighty is putting Annihilation in there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, Frostbite, you never have many points left. Decapitation, you never have many points left. And you're lucky if you have a Lieutenant left as well. So, nah. I still, I still remember um, someone who was playing Biotech 4 um, with a list called Hold Your Breath, Boys. And it was just <laughs> um, spamming like the high BTS models in um, Puck Islam. <laughs> so his, his, his entire plan was to just run around with Boktars. And have like a Harris of um, IRs sitting oh, in his dear. deployment zone. Dear, oh dear. Apparently it worked. Apparently yeah. it worked. Yeah, it is a strange game sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, well, that leads us probably into our main segment. Did we want to take a quick break? Uh, yeah, Kevin just joined us actually. So Kevin, yeah, so hello, Kevin will be joining hello. us after the break. Um, and I'm going to go and get a drink. Perfect. Sounds good. Welcome back uh, to our break. Uh, for anyone watching the stream or uh, listening a second, we've been joined by our gracious third host all the way in bumfuck oh, nowhere, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> G'day, gents. How are we going? Well, uh, well. Good, 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 good. Now, the primary, primary reason we wanted you to be on... Um, for this episode, if uh, if any of our listeners don't know, is you're one of the TOs slash organizers of BCB. Um, so before we really got into the nitty gritty of the missions, uh, we just wanted to sort of get the sort of behind the scenes look at how you pick these missions. Um, like like why did you pick this mission lineup? Maybe even the order of the the lineup because um, as you will come to know at the end of this uh, end of this episode, the mission lineups can very much affect how people go into a tournament as a whole, especially a two-dayer. Yeah, no, that's a good point about the mission lineup. And I'm, yeah, delighted to be on and to discuss this uh, event. Um, really looking forward to it. It's is coming up real fast. So, um, yeah, so myself, I'm one of the TOs. Uh, Nick, uh, who used to be on the show, is the other TO, and Peter Henry a um, stalwart of the Infinity Melbourne community who often runs events at House of War is the third um, TO. So we picked these missions. Um, like We kind of laid a few ground rules out first for when we picked the five missions. Um, one of them is to avoid too many missions from CanCon, which was the other large Infinity event that happened in January this year, a uh, two-day event. Um, because... We were trying. We're obviously trying to make big BCB as big as CanCon if we can. So you know yeah. we're expecting a lot of the same familiar faces that came to CanCon to come to BCB. So we don't want to like hit them with the same five missions that happened at CanCon. Um, similarly, we also want to avoid too many missions from the last BCB because again, that's just kind of stale. Um, I know it's been a year on and the, the season has changed, but there are twenty odd missions for a reason. So let's you know try not to stick with the same five ones. And then the the third point that we wanted to do is was avoid objective remissions, which it's it's a hard one because I do enjoy objective remissions, but they're a dick of a thing to set up for teals. And also, you need 
20 objective rooms, which we don't have in Melbourne. Like, we yeah. could make, but we don't currently have. I think I remember a Nova Core at some point, and yes. it was just pictures from Gavin of just a pile of objective mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so that makes sense. As fun as, as, fun as they are, they're really, it, you know, uh, armory and all that's really just for a one day, a small thing with friends. They really skew a list build as well. Like yeah, they do, and they also really skew table table design as well. Because then you've got a, you've either got to a put an objective room down out on round one, and then just kind of say, hey, this is an objective room. Play it as like infinite height or don't, up to you. And then you know, then finally, when you get to that mission, you can you say it's an objective room, or you can like put like have it on have it as a round one, and then round two remove them. But then you've got to rejig however many tables and then there's mm, inevitable yeah. you will fuck it up and someone will have a shit time on a table because you didn't move the stuff right so yeah which is a, it's a shame because like it kind of it starts to if you remove every mission that has weird deployment zones like power pack or weird table setups like power pack um frost uh, the two objective remissions and like even biotech four with an eight inch deployment zone you start you know you're removing like 25 percent of your missions so yeah um, but anyway, we decided that because we obviously we didn't want it to be difficult for us on the weekend. Um, after that, we have a like a Google Google Sheet where we have like our admin for BCB, which is just a bunch of tabs for you know, everything from how many players we have, the missions, how much money we've got, what we spent it on, um, prize support ideas, dinner ideas, that sort of stuff. Uh, but one of the tabs was mission selection. So the three of us just kind of were like, here, just drop the five missions you want to play or you want to see at BCP, and then we'll kind of like thrash it out from there. Um, so we did that, and like two, two out of the three of the missions we all agreed on. I can't remember which ones they were because the tab's since been deleted. But um, yeah, basically we had that. And then, um, then we kind of like just kind of worked it out, like massaged it from there. I I had this idea to play hunting party because I don't know wanted to try it out, and um, uh, and unfortunately that was shot down. Uh, actually, fortunately it was shot down because we did play hunting party at James's house recently, and I was like, yeah, this is not a good mission. <laughs> like it needs yeah, it needs some it needs some tweaking. It needs some mm. tweaking, and um, it, yeah, like it it would just be I don't know. It just wasn't as good a mission as I thought. Um, I also I also made a claim, uh, not claim. I also suggested some custom missions because we've been talking about custom missions a lot. There has been custom missions at a bunch of events, um, but that similarly kind of was was kind of you know voted voted out just for the purposes of you know avoiding mental load of players and and and, and us as well. Um, so we decided not to use custom missions this event. Um, we did come dangerously close to running Power Pack or Biotech Vor because. At the, once we had our kind of five rough missions, we realized they're all kind of vanilla missions. Um, we we're like, oh, let's let's add some spice, and then we we're like, oh, biotech four, and they're like, oh no, but the deployment zones are weird. Oh, power pack. Yeah. Oh, the deployment zones are also weird, and we're like, oh yeah, fuck. What do we do? Um, so uh, in the end, uh, we decided on uh, decapitation as being like sort of the spiciest mission, but not really that spicy. It's just yeah. kind of like a um i don't know like just basically what 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 we had was um we had um oh yeah that that was what happened so 
we we realized we had cryogenics because it was the last time cryogenics was possibly going to be in the season. So we're like, let's put it in there. We're near the end of the season. Chuck it in. Um, supplies also came up because supplies is a solid mission. And the other two guys, we're, like, we're all pretty happy with including it. And we realized we had two of the paramedic slash doctor missions. Um, one of us, someone made a, a point of saying, let's not include hacker bonus missions. Because every tournament has a hacker bonus mission in it because like most mm. most um missions seem to favor hackers even if there's not a hacker bonus you can almost guarantee some outside of ariadna someone or maybe toha everyone's gonna have a hacker so mm. we decided to exclude missions like unmasking um acquisition all those missions that have hacker bonuses in it um basically because fuck nomads right mm. uh, like that's why um, I mean, I, I, yeah. I remember, I can't remember whether it was like BCB or something, where you, some, some really do look at a lot of mission lineups and you're like, I just take a hacking faction. Yeah. That's, and I think we, we raised that at Novacore. Like, it was, it was very hacking um, friendly. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, I think we saw that in the, in the lineup. We also saw a lot of tags as well, which kind of, heaps of yeah, heaps of tags too. Um, yeah, so anyway, um supply yeah, supplies and cryogenics, they blend they they pair really well together. Um we had um capture and protect because Nick was like adamant that he has capture and protect. I don't know what was going on that, that particular day. He was just like, I want capture and protect. Let's fucking play capture and protect. I was like, all right, capture and protect is in. Um although after playing looting and sabotaging at Tristan's recent event, I kind of enjoyed that mission more, which I was surprised at. Cause, yeah, cause, uh, yeah, it was interesting because I, I uh, part of the catch up with Ivory, we were talking about um, looting sabotage. He doesn't like the mission at all because, and he made a good point because one of the things with uh, looting sabotage, the game, if you defend poorly, the game's almost over. If because you can't bring the objective back, it's dead, it's dead. The points are locked in for your opponent, and mm. then it's just like, mm, and he yeah, says there's a couple of things that exist in the game that can make you skew your list for it. Um, I don't know if I agree. Uh, that's just his opinion. I don't know if I agree. Um, I think some fa some factions are going to be better than than others. But if you're going to skew your list to one mission out of five, I don't know if that's going to be so great for the tournament as a whole. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, capture, protect, and uh, looting cat sabotage both. Tr yeah, really difficult missions actually. But, uh, fun. Yeah, difficult difficult missions for different different reasons. I think. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, we had, we had capture and protect, and then finally we were kind of going back and forth on quad control or frontline because we wanted some kind of other um uh what's the domination kind of mission we already had we already had cryogenics which is already in quadrants mm -hmm. so we we're like well let's have frontline because That's it is it's slightly different um dominating thing but as also as you said it's like highly classified with extra steps which kind of adds a little bit of extra variance to the mission spread so yeah you know in the end we have um we have basically a, a set of missions that all of them, like you can say this about most missions, but they really, they are quite focused on um, movement. So you've got supplies where you need to get to the middle and push the buttons and grab the thing and hold it. Cryogenics, similar, get to the thing, get the HVT out and then dominate an area. Um, capture and protect, self-explanatory. You get, got, got to get to the other side of the table and bring that thing back. Uh, Frontline, is you know you've got to spread your forces out 
while doing classifieds. And then finally, decap, which is probably the most the most killy mission out of the five. Uh, also relies on quite a lot of mobility and the ability to um, move to get to your opponent's LT, because that's ultimately what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a lot of the the, the pick was was, a, was based around um, mobility. It was based around trying to diversify the specialists that you would need outside of needing hackers in in all the missions. And the last one was um, to yeah, basically make it easy for for the TOs. Um, and then the the lineup order was kind of done mostly just to make it easier for TOs. So if I look at the lineup, we've got cryogenics. So the round one four objectives on each of the quadrants take that away for round two and replace it with two beacons for capture and protect nice and easy round three remove both of those and you got frontline and round four is the second day you put the three things down for supplies and then decapitation you remove them so there's no mucking around really in between yeah. you know round one to two is lunch so you the teals have plenty of time to move the objectives then round um Three to four is lunch, and there's no objectives there anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I guess any thoughts on from you guys? Uh, I know. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the focus on, and, and like agree with what you say. You've got the. You went okay. Let's try not to have. Um, like just try to avoid. It, it's not that like. You try. You don't have any hackers. That you hacker bonuses. That you try to avoid it. Um, like you said before, the hackers uh, are good enough as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to, to to take their bonuses away. And it also means that, like, I remember the number of tournaments where I wanted to like try and get an attack, and every single time BCB or Nova Core or Kanker would come up. Oh yeah. I would just yeah. look at the missions and go, I don't have a hacker. It's uh, if I get caught in that thing where you're rolling fifteens constantly mm-hmm. on an objective mm-hmm. and you just can't do it, right? That just ruins your entire game for no reason other than the fact that you wanted to play a faction that was at a disadvantage at the beginning. So the good thing about BCB, I feel, is that no one is at a disadvantage. Every single army has paramedics. Um, every single army, like the worst it's going to be is if you get unlucky as like Ariadna or something and you draw test run. That's about, that's about the worst I can see for frontline, I should say. Yeah, Jacob, there's only so much shit talk I'll take from uh, about tech <laughs> before I <have> say <laughs> something and remind everyone that I won the last event in Melbourne with tech. Thank you. So. <laughs> yeah, but that was also a bunch of really good missions that yeah, well, Tack could yeah, do very well. That's, yeah. That's, so, uh, my, my only, yeah, it, my only re- oh, sorry, on you go, Jacob. I was just going to say, the mission lineup's good. I like it. Yeah. My only regret is that we, we may have played the missions too safe. Like, I was really fanging for a custom mission or an old ITS mission, but... Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and, I guess, and I said in the notes here, I could honestly see supplies fired from a cannon into the sun and not be sad, because I am sick of seeing it yeah. but it's the hardest mission for me so it, it's, and it's hard yeah you're right it's a hard so mission hard. it's, it's hard just mission. always there i want someone to spice up spice up supplies for me um yeah. and yeah i mean as, as we saw going back to the old missions hunting hunting party is probably the more like normal one that sort of translates the best and it doesn't translate all that well it probably wasn't that good back then it's probably just some rose tinted got- yeah. glasses it wasn't good the back only, then either. Yeah, the only ones I can think of that um, 
would be like really good sort of like would skew your entire thing it's like deadly dance or show of force um those other oh. sort of weird ones but they they it wouldn't have fit into mm. the rest of the missions oh and um, the, the last sorry go ahead oh i was just saying you probably were correct to be like maybe biotic vor maybe power pack mm-hmm. um and I could see, I could probably see, I would like to actually see Power Pack again because I, th- I think we're all, all a bit too harsh on the fact that it just has a kind of weird deployment. It's one of those missions that has to be played more regularly in like one day events so people get used to it. Yeah. And then you put it into like a big two day event. Otherwise, too much. Um, yeah. Sort of that's a good point. Event. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's I, a good I, point. Like I said, I don't think you've done, I think you've done your choices of missions for like the bonuses and all the things you were going for are good. The the general thought is like we're obviously we'll get into like mission like list splitting, but from our point of view, we're thinking well supplies and cryogenics that's potentially one list, and then you've got frontline and capture protect could be another list, um, but you could also do capture protect and um, decapitation because you don't need specialists for either of those. So you could do it that way, and you could put frontline in with a cryogenics list because you need special, you need some specialists, you need mobility. So there's like a little bit of like to and froing. So you could you could massage, you could almost massage one list to do all five, but you could massage two lists that could then have, there's a bit of crossover there for you. So you're not like you're not like you're not like going four and one. You're doing like it's a bit more of a blend. Did you Let- did you guys debate mission five? Um or- yeah we well yeah we debated um what to make mission five i think it was gonna be firefight and it was like a firefight gets played a lot and then mm. we wanted to yeah we wanted to have something fun light-hearted i guess on mission five so yeah. we thought about think... capture and protect but that can yeah. be uh because it can intense mission. can it's it's an intense mission and it can it's hard to get a solid win on it yeah, um, I, we'll, we'll, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it in a bit but yeah i think i think your your choice i mean the way that things go in the middle i think the most important mission like as far as order to pick i think one to four doesn't really matter too much obviously it matters for you as tos yeah for reorganizing things but that last mission i think is really kind of an important choice um, and i think mm-hmm. of all the missions that you've got up there um decapitation was like the right choice because like the, the the objectives are clear and it's generally pretty easy to get like a clear win in it. Whereas yeah. in like if you picked, well, we'll talk about it. But if you picked capture and protect, I don't think it would be a good end to the. I think the tournament. third mission in a tournament is pretty important as well because that's when you're really fatigued. Uh, end of the second, end of the second day yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're yeah, dead I right. Think, I think the third mission day one <laughs> is like, um, yeah, especially if you're running on two wins and you're yeah. fatiguing it because you've had two close games, uh, That's that can be, that's actually a really pivotal mission as well. So and frontline can be really close too. Yeah. Really close. Should be, right? can be really close, cool. especially it's... when you don't know, when you can't judge that, you can't judge that distance, right? And you're like, I yeah. really hope this unit's in. <laughs> well, yeah. let's stop, let's stop talking okay. uh, uh, general. Let's get down to specifics uh, with the actual missions. Uh, so we're starting off, we're just going to go in the order that um, BCB will be played. Uh, starting off with uh, cryogenics. So the way we're going to go through this is we're just sort of going to try and get through uh, the rules of the missions, sort of point out anything that's special um, that you need to know about it. Um, we'll start, stop, we will stop repeating some of the special rules that you see over and over again. Um, and then we'll sort of talk about uh, 
we'll talk about um, what we think is important in a list for the mission, pitfalls of the particular mission, uh, what we typically do, and then sometimes some like other thoughts if the mission has something to uh, worth mentioning. Uh, so with cryogenics, we have the scoring is there is one classified objective. Uh, at the end of the game, activate two or more tech coffins. At the end of the game, dominate a quadrant containing an AHVT. You get two objective points for each quadrant you dominate with a HVT in it. Alternatively, you can threaten a HVT. You get one um, objective point for each HVT threatened. At the end of the game, threaten the HVT with your master breacher. And at the end of the game, uh, sorry, at the end of each game round, um, have your master breach in a quadrant that you dominate. So, um, if you take a look at the the deployment for this mission, um, it's just set up in your standard sort of four quadrant um, uh, setup, twelve inch deployment, and uh, the tech coffins. Yeah, tech coffins in the middle of each quadrant. Uh, so, as far as special rules go, uh, this because uh, it is a domination. Um, domination uh, mission. Shazvasti and baggage apply. So for Shazvasti, for anyone who's not dealt with Shazvasti, what that means is th they their point still counts for dominating the zone if even if they are in a null state. So if they've got the Shazvasti rule and they go into their unconscious state, which technically I think is still called the spawn embryo state for them. Yes, spawn um, or seed. Or, yeah, spawn, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't matter. It's just them are unconscious. It's still they their points still count towards dominating the zone. So you want to, if you're going to kill so a Shazvasti model <laughs> and a dominated one, you want them dead. Kill it dead. Uh, kill it with fire. Baggage. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> baggage, which is just if anything has baggage, you you add twenty points to uh, the points you have yeah. in that zone. We also have the no gravity rule, which means that anything with terrain zero g or terrain total and the super jump special um, skill gets plus one to their first movement skill, the plus one inch to their first movement skill. So if something's moving four four and they've got super jump or total or any of the terrains, they move five inches, um, which on some models is incredible. Um, you also get a the was it F thirteen yeah. defensive turret, uh, which is a, a BS ten total reaction three sixty visor. Combi rifle, S2 combi rifle model, cannot move. It counts as equipment, so it can't go unconscious. It just goes straight to dead. Um, one important thing, because, again, this is trying to be sort of like is the big tournament, is the defensive turrets are deployed before um, the deployment phase. So you go in the same order. So the person who's deploying first, the person who's deploying second. But before any models actually hit the table, the turrets go down. Yeah, which was a new thing to me. I don't think I ever noticed that before. Yeah. I, I look in, in all in all honesty. I mean, it doesn't always affect things, but the amount of times those turrets have done serious work, um, it's pretty important to probably concentrate on uh, actually doing that. Yeah, well, because like it, it can change it. Like you know, if you are going second, um, or and, and actually because it does say the person, the player who kept deployment. Which is usually the player who's going sec or going second or deploying second. 
puts it down first technically oh okay so my bad role. yes so so if yeah. you're the if, if you're either forced to choose who deploys first and second or you choose to keep that sort of thing or the, mm -hmm. probably the better way of saying is if you're picking deployment sides you put down your turret first um and it is important because the amount of times that like it's been like you haven't done it right but no, hardly anyone ever does so don't mm -hmm. anyone who's listening don't blame yourself you and it's part of your deployment as the person who's deploying second you put down your turret and it's looking at some sort of piece um i remember my turret killed the holy knight of sipico in one t turn that shouldn't happen <laughs> right um yeah. the, i think someone else that we were playing with got the turret just like critted some big piece off the table oh yeah oh no, that no looks... uh that's right it was um mcdoggo uh, oh yeah, McMurray. yeah, Craig McDorgo in the last in the last yeah, Craig McDorgo like yeah. straight off the table. So they do work. So it's important that, especially in like a bigger tournament like this, that you stick to how it's supposed to be deployed because it does advantage the second player a lot to have this extra TO piece. Yeah, and it's uh, also it's TR also piece. important. It's also important because like you know if you deploy it with the rest of your army, then you can you know you you can pick a space where it's sort of like. Maybe it doesn't matter too much, but if you if you pick it, if you put, have to put it down first, you have to be careful because you think, go, oh, this is a good spot for it. It may mm. also be a really good spot for your actual TR bot or for your air for your fire team. Yeah. So you well, know, by putting it down first, it's it does actually. You have to really consider yeah. where it's going to go down. Is it going to impact the rest of your army? Um, yeah. Think about that. And the, the the one thing you got to watch out with these turrets is if you put it on a corner or something, don't forget that you don't get to use that corner for your other model yeah. that might need yes. that corner. Right, yeah, very so, good point. Yeah. Uh, bear in mind, anyway, they also, that's all they also that... can't discover, which is something that a lot of new yeah, players Yeah, so all they can do is shoot and, I think, reset. Reset. I think they can hold... They can... Um, obviously, they can, they can delay like everything else can, but yeah. yeah. Um, right, and, and see, so... They can, CC so attack. they can CC attack. Yeah. So going on to the actual scoring rules. So this is special rules for the scenario. These are the scoring rules. Um, so you have the tech coffins. So a specialist goes up to the tech coffin. Like I said, there is four tech coffins in the middle of each quadrant. Um, and they do a whip check. Uh, doctors and paramedics get uh, the bonus to that. So they get an extra dice and plus three whip to their uh, whip check. And if you are successful on your uh, whip check, you then roll another dice. On a 1 to 12, the tech coffin is considered to be empty. Um, oh, in both cases, right, right. Um, sorry. On a 1 to 12, it's considered empty. On a 13 to 20, a HVT appears. The allied HVT, so the person who's rolling it, your HVT will always appear. To, um, will always deploy first. So you, it'll mm -hmm. be your HVT and then it'll be the enemy's HVT. Once you do that roll, the tech coffin is removed from the table. Right, which is important because I think in supplies, you don't necessarily have to get rid of the actual box. I think it's only, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of one of those funny things where I think if it's, if it's treated, technically in the rules, if it's treated as a token, you remove it. If it's treated as a physical scenery element, you you can choose to leave it on the table i think typically we always remove it i think if you look mm. closely at the rules it says you can actually leave it if it's a scenery amp. i think i think I'll, i think everyone who plays this game always removes it regardless of what it yeah. is on the table yeah um probably a good thing to just call out at the beginning so no one has an argument about it exactly 
Yeah, because no, nothing, nothing worse than you booping a button and then losing all of your cover. <laughs> you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, um, and more, more importantly, box? not knowing that you're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now threatening HVT for anyone who's played for long enough is very kind of reminiscent of um, secure HVT. Not quite. Is that HVT is threatened by a player so long as they have one troop within the uh, HVT zone of control, so within eight inches. This particular mission objective, as in threatening the HVT, doesn't count if you already dominate the quadrant and have the HVT in it. Mm, yeah. Um, and a dominant master breacher is just that you happen to have a master breacher within eight inches of the um, of the HVT. So this is sort of important in like if you're dominating the zone, if you're dominating a zone. I suppose it's interesting if you're dominating a zone with a HVT in it. And you want to threaten with the master breacher, you have to choose between that and getting the points for dominating a zone with the master breacher. No, I think you can still dominate this, is it, can't you? If well, you no, I'm saying if I'm saying I'm saying if you have to take the master breacher out of a dominant zone. I don't know that I don't know that you do, do you? Yeah, so because we were in scoring, at the end of each game round, have a dominant master breacher. Which is them in a dominated zone. Yep, okay, right. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Um, so uh, this is the new mission, sort of the new hotness um, uh, in ITS 14. Uh, what do we think is important in a list for this mission? Um, can, I, can I really quickly, just when you were talking yeah, about in the HVT, I had, a, I had a brain thing about um, the custom mission challenge that we're running. I was like... What if we had a mission? Oh, uh, sorry, as in as in the making the missions or the yeah, um... as in the custom as in as in making oh, yeah, the missions. custom missions, yeah. Because we have we have the threat in the HVT rule. What if we also had trigger the HVT rule? And <laughs> it's 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 Pride Month, so you could have a month. You could have like a mission where like you've got to like all right, and, like, all right. Don't get us cancelled, Kev. <laughs> no, you could like wave a wave, wave a rainbow flag at some like HVT and it triggers them, and then that gives you points. <laughs> Um, you, like, you could trigger the HVT, <laughs> make them watch Sky News or something like that. That would like that would also counts as triggering. Um, you just you, you, know, you just you just pick the one random thing that triggers people. Just like it's like oh no, I'm waving mega flags around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say uh, panel was a mistake. Whatever, just do something. Well, it's uh, like um, it it's like uh, you, you walk your doctor up to um the HVT to do inoculation. And then they're like, no, I don't believe in that thing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's <laughs> a good one. That's actually quite, like, quite He good said that the, the, HVT, the HVT sneezes and suddenly it turns into biotech war. Yeah, it's no. like the anti-inoculate anti mission. Yeah, where you've got to actually forcibly... I think someone submitted that as a mission during the pandemic. It was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit too soon, but um, I'd like to see that mission. Actually. A little bit on the nose. Yeah. Um, bit. Anyway, sorry to segue. So, yeah. So, for, th for this particular mission... Um, probably more so than anything is there's a lot that you need to try and do in this mission. So I think one thing to consider is having that efficiency in um, pressing the buttons. So things like forward deploying whatever specialist you have um, or something like that. So you can get there, press the button, at, le at least try and press one button in like your first turn or whatever. Like it can be difficult. Um, especially because pressing buttons is always a gamble in, um, 
biotech, uh, not biotech four, cryogenics, in, um, cryogenics mm. um, because you press a button and nothing pops out, and then you press your second button and nothing I pops out, mm. and you're like, great, now he automatically, my opponent gets both the HVTs on his I'm side. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to press none because, and this has always been the controversy with um, cryogenics, is if your opponent goes ham and presses three buttons um, in total, you lose, what, automatically lose two points because you didn't two press two of you them? Can't, yeah, because at the end of the game, have activated two or more tech coffins. So if they activate three, you can only activate one, and therefore you get two, and that's baked in, um, which yeah. is important. But I think what's important for this mission is 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 really is paramedics and doctors. Mm. For me, you, do, you don't want to be my, failing that role. You want to get it my done. My number and just go. one thing for this mission is is have. I mean, obviously, not every army can do it very well, but you want to make sure you have a paramedic or a doctor that you can reliably get to and push mm. a button at least, because it's just very um, it's very important for the mission. And it's very important for your, I guess, your position in the mission. Your, 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 bringing up a little word. Your tempo for the mission, like, because, because, yeah. because, because where you push the button is where the HVT comes out of, and that decides the, the guess, the line of scrimmage, right? Is it, yeah. is, is it going to be both on my side, both in my opponent's side, maybe down the left flank or the right flank or fucking wherever they are? That's where the fight is going to end up taking place. So I think you having, yeah, like you see, having efficiency and pushing buttons means that you can kind of dictate where the fight's going to happen. Yeah. And I think, I think Val, I can, all I can think is in your head, you're just thinking Dymo Paramedic, Dymo Paramedic, Dymo Paramedic. Dymo Paramedic and 112 Motorized. No, the, yes, the yeah. thing though is the, the, what's his name? The Paramedic doesn't help you get the guy out though. It just helps you achieve pushing the button. The, how, how likely the guy, uh, the yeah. is going to come out still the same. doesn't matter who pushes the button. True. Um, I think what's important is the buttons the buttons you push. So the trap is, the pitfall is, if you push the two nearest to you, the odds are that's six, that there's 65% chance the HVT is not going to come out. It's yeah. going to be forced to come out on the other side. So if you're going to push two buttons around one, uh, you want to push either the two on the side and then almost turn the deployments, uh, split the mm. table. Uh, one, yeah. uh, one way, or you can you can obviously react to if if you push the first one and the HVT comes out, that might change the game for you. Mike, you know what? Fuck it, I'll press the nearest one to me and make it easier. Yeah, I like especially as as soon as you get one HVT out on your side. That's great. Um, I think then you can kind of throw caution to the wind, mm-hmm. um, and like press another button and just be like, oh, I failed. Oh well, you've like the game's even now. Um, or you, know, you or, or you press it and you've got both HUTs on your side and you're like, sweet, I've got you know, kind of the advantage here. I think I think what you're saying, Val, is I think it's correct like ninety percent of the time is to go pick a pick a flank with your one one your one twelve and just boop the button closest to you, boop the button farthest away from you. Because if you do if you do get it correct in the first roll, if you go and get on the second roll and it doesn't come out, then it's either on your side or your, you know, it's it's still the same situation. Yeah. I think think having yeah having something that can that can push a button efficiently is good. But yeah, you're right. The weight the weighted dice means that it's odds are it's not coming out on your side. Um, the other thing I would value is uh is a solid master breacher because that yeah. guy's worth what? How many points? Four or five points, points for the game. 
Oh, yeah, uh, if he, he's, he's got at least a dominant. So what's how much can he do for the dominate? Three for dominate one? and one so for three and or two for. So three and potentially if you're sort of on the back foot, kind of um, another one. So yeah, four well, points, yeah. Points, yeah. Oh yeah, four and then one for the one for the threat. And if you can't, if you can't I mean, you dominate, you, yeah. In and uh, sorry, I mean I suppose technically you could dominate both HVTs with him if, if you were in some sort of odd position. But uh, ah, yeah, yeah. you could because you could drag them. You could drag your HVT over and, and get close enough yeah, to the other that, one. That's pretty yeah. So, um, so, so, that's... so something like something that I mean, honestly, it really just needs to be something that can probably be somewhat durable, and it just needs to walk outside of your DZ and do fuck all else because it doesn't have to dominate a zone with an HVT in it. It has to dominate a zone, which is usually going to be the one closest to your deployment zone. So, yeah. like I've seen people take diggers as um as it. They don't, yeah, which they can do. Yeah, but they can do it. Like diggers, which is a really good example because they get to use a free impetuous move to just move out of the DZ, go prone, and just sit there because mm -hmm. there are two wounds, armor three, 14 points, whatever. Like someone comes and gets them, sweet. I've got two wounds and a chain rifle. I'll take you on. Pretty nice. Karakuris. Yeah. Karakuris are, are great. Yeah, they're solid. What? It, there's, a, there's, there's a delicate balance between like having a unit that's simply just doing nothing for the whole game. Like, but having a unit that's durable enough and also expensive enough to, you know, help dominate a zone. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's an interesting balance uh, to have. I um, think definitely thinking about what you would take as that master breacher. Or ands as well on top of a building with a koala um, uh, guarding them is really nice. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's this, yeah. So the master, the, the master breacher is important because one, um, that's a pace that's going to win you a lot of points and that's another way an opponent can deny you points so yeah. um one of the other things that's worth having is an assassin um in yeah. your list you can yeah. assassinate the master ranger so cancon my assassin was my ninja it spotlit um one of the Myrmidons that was sitting on roof so the Myrmidon mim6 uh smoke grenades good in close combat really hard to assassinate so i spot lit him and then dropped a missile on him and that was that denied my opponent like two or three points and that was really good uh so yeah so maybe yeah maybe um peters and, and missile bots might be the way to go to deal with people's master breaches uh yeah. in this one so who knows yeah no um and I think, um, and because I, it's, I think because... it was sort of mentioned, so it was sort of mentioned that yeah, the the master breacher, like often the master breacher in a lot of other missions is just sort of like, oh, I got a master breacher, yay! Um, and you you can make it a gunfighter if you wanted to. Um, this one, I think you're right, Kev, is that it's almost better off being some guy that's going to sit in a zone that you're going to make sure you dominate each round to get them three points out of him and your entire rest of your game is going to be focused on grabbing the hvts and pulling them back into um a zone uh for the end of the game if you if you can i i don't know i think i feel like i caution against moving the hvts um unless it unless they've just come out in a, in a deck of a spot and you need to move them um i feel like you're Better suited to just dominating the the for the three uh, turns with the master preacher, and then um and at the end of the game because at the end of the game third round wherever those HVTs are you just need to push those points into that zone so staging yeah. you know 
the earlier you it's funny because the earlier you reveal where the hvts are the earlier you can start to stage your models in the areas where they need to go but if you if you if you don't reveal them if you just kind of go ah whatever i'll reveal them till the end you don't know where they are and you may only have i've had two games where there's just one hvt has been revealed for the whole game and everyone just dogpiles into that one quadrant at the end of the game and it makes it for quite an interesting little bloodbath wait and also, so, you, so, so, so you only had three buttons or three tech coffins opened well, like two tech coffins opened. I remember I played oh. a game where I did I didn't off I didn't open any of my tech. No, I think I opened. I can't remember. I think I opened both of my tech coffins, punched my opponent really hard. Then they spent the remaining his the his first turn two turns pushing me back and like trying to kill me to the point where it got to turn three or it might be the other way around, whichever way it was. I got to turn three and he was like, "Well, there's no point in me pushing buttons because there's a fifth, there's almost a fifty fifty chance that I'm not even going to get my HVT out." I'll just move everything into the zone where your HVT is and try and outpoint you to get like a seven point whatever it was win. So yeah, we, we finished the game with only one HVT revealed. Yeah. Which and is I, another actually, interesting actually, way of doing it. I actually just had a thought because right? I was thinking about like often, especially when a HVT is important, you know, I, uh, like decapitation, for instance, is a good one. The HVT is important. I'm looking at the table trying to say, okay, you know, when I'm picking deployment or something like that, where am I going to put my HVT to be safe? And I just thought thought about this because of kind of what Val said is if you take a look and there's like a tech coffin that's behind a wall, it's really easy to defend from your side. Right? It'd be worth not touching that coffin and focusing on the other flank because if you can get one HVT, HVT out on that flank, Right, that means that you can then open up that other coffin right, and hopefully get this HVT that's hard for your opponent to get to. Yeah, but remember, they don't need to get to the HVT. You just need to get into the, to the no. quadrant. I, 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 like, I, the, the HVT means nothing, except if you're, unless you're threatening it. It just comes down to which, which quadrant is that HVT in. I can walk a millimeter into that or half an inch into that zone and I'm dominating that zone. I don't care if I'm 18 inches away from the HVT. Just so long as wherever the HVT is is where I gotta be. But so you can move it, you can move it out into another quadrant, which does have its own merits, I think, because you can hmm. force them to yeah, you could grab the HVT and go, now I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite a fun tactic. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm more just saying like that spot, like that covered um tech coffin hmm. is like like this little like it it's if the game goes generally the way it will, it's just this thing that you don't have to defend as hard and you can focus on like dominating the zone across the table that has your uh, enemy's HVT. It's easier to sort of clear out and make sure they, they're not stopping you from threatening it or something like that. Mm, um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's sort of different to how I would normally consider um like my deployment is that I'd be looking at where the HVT is just a little bit differently because I don't have any guarantee that it's going to be where I think it's going to be. And you can still secure the HVT at the end of the game as well because you have one classified. So that's uh, so keep in mind where your enemy's HVT is is important. Yeah. But um, in generally speaking, this uh, this is a mission that you can score five victory points on quite easily. 
So you push two buttons and you keep your um you you keep your master breach alive for three turns, dominating uh zone near near you. That's five points. That's five tournament okay. uh, five OP, and that's at least one mm -hmm. tournament point. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. So often this can be a high scoring game. Um, in my experience at yeah. least, but definitely having an assassin uh to stop that master breach of scoring, I think is very valuable. And if you've yeah. got it, do not like if you've got it, do not forget that you've got that extra inch on particular units. So, yeah, um, if you do have like if you unit, if you get, if your master breacher is some sort of gunfighter, remember that they're moving seven six inches, whatever it happens to be whatever on their first is, move. Yeah, and there is a limitation on who can be your master breacher as well, which is important to mention. In yeah, that it can't it right. can't it can't be a regular, it cannot be a remote, and it has to start on the table as a model, not a marker. Yeah. Um. So you, you you can make it an infiltrating camo specialist, but it has to start the game on the table as a model. Um. Which is which is a yeah. tactic, but it sometimes can be you know not the not the best. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's one of those five brain five head plays. And if you're that. playing against JSA or somebody who's or, or a faction that you feel are confidently going to be probably assassinating your master reacher, give your master choose a master reacher with a template weapon, so at least you're trading for their assassin piece. So. If they're going, if they have a Shinobu or an Iwaban, for mm. example, or a Fide or a Speculo, it's mm. unlikely you're going to be able to stop yeah. the assassination. Um, so if at least it's going to come, at least make sure that you're trading for it and you're not giving yeah. it away for free. If, I think if you can, if you can pick a unit that, uh, especially just something that has like no wounding, incapacitation, shock immune, right, something like that, that yeah. might be there to be more of. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of like a hacker that might be just sitting there to use repeaters or something like that. That's a good piece to use because it's got a bit of resiliency, but you don't mind um, not having it do too much. Like yeah. I'm thinking from the the, the guys of Bakunin of how much do I want to make a moderator my um, master breacher in this particular thing? Is that a good idea or not? Because he's quite squishy, yeah, but at the same time. If he dies, it's not really a disadvantage yeah. as far as the rest of my army goes. I just lose out on points. Well, you yeah. could do that because remember, the master breacher is not chosen until after deployment. So I like to, oh, I like to always have like a master breacher, a preferred master breacher, and a backup master breacher. So you know, I've deployed my opponents going first. They counter deploy a fide, right? And I've gone, oh well, that fide is really close to what I was going to make my master breacher. I'm going to make it this guy over here. And it could that's, be a, it could just be a gulam, right? It could just be like that's anything. an excellent point. Yeah. So you get to you still get to choose that after every model's gone down. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in your example, if you've got like two moderators or three, preferably, I guess, because one of them's probably your lieutenant. Um. Don't probably want to make your master breacher your lieutenant because it's just a double whammy if he gets killed. Um. Yeah. But you can no, then kind of like gotta pump yeah. pump those numbers up. I have four yeah. moderators <laughs> at this point. Four four moderators, <laughs> and then just be like, pick one. And yeah, as long as it can get across the table before the end of your first round, then you score yourself a point mm. or get out your DZ. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough on cryogenics. We're going on to round two, which is capture and protect. Indeed we are. So capture and protect, um, the scoring. So you get one classified objective. Now, I believe the classified objective does not use a HVT in this one from memory. 
Uh, um, you're correct. Yeah. So basically, so yeah, it's going to be one that forces you to interact with your own troops or the enemy. So hopefully, you get something easy like net undermines or on the way to capture your opponents. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll point out and remind everybody that follow up does not have the HVT tag, but is one of the ones you have to throw out because it is only possible with HVT on the field. Perfect. True. Um, Basically, so yeah, at the end of each game round, I uh, have an enemy beacon captured. That's two points, so maximum of six. Uh, at the end of the game, have an enemy beacon captured in your deployment zone, an extra two points, so that's uh, bringing you up to eight. At the end of the game, have your beacon not captured by the enemy, one point. Uh, plus the classifier, that brings you up to 10, so 10 possible points. So remember, one of the things with capturing the beacons, if you're in base-to-base -base contact with it, you count as capturing it. So in a hard-fought game where no one's touched the beacon and you're going last, just getting to base with it will count as having control of it. Um, the other thing is, um, yeah, uh, basically, yeah, so basically just being base counts as having control of it. Um, for special rules, decompression, so decompression zones, uh, remember these are done uh, before deployment with the person who picks deployment order going first. Now, it is important in this mission because you can use these to either impede your enemy uh, by putting them uh, in, I guess, tight spots on the map where they're likely to to uh, go through to get to your objective. Or um, you can put them right on your objective to make it harder if you don't think they have that many uh, troops with terrain turtle. Or you can use it to your advantage if you have lots of troops with terrain turtle, you can speed up your own troops um, as well as using it to help break down link teams. Um, Intel comm card provisions. Uh, classified objectives with a cog symbol give extra plus one objective point. Uh, Master Breacher gives them terrain zero G to help with the decomp decompression zones. Uh, scoring, pick up a beacon. Any unit can do this, so you don't need specialists uh, with only having to spend a short skill attack. Baggage can hold two. Rest can only hold one. Uh, you can pick up your own beacon. Really? Yeah. Capture uh, beacon. No enemy units can be in contact with the beacon or the trooper with the beacon. So that's another way you can deny somebody scoring uh, the points by getting in base-to-base -base contact with. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've heard I've heard that happen a couple of times where that was well um, somebody's yeah. Uh, but I've heard a couple of other stories um, after he mentioned it where yeah, you just run into close combat and so you just yeah, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and good yeah, yeah, so wait, you can pick up your beacon from the get-go, or after they've dropped it, or after the enemy's got it. Like, you, no, have, you, have to, no you, you have thing. to expend a short skill to, like, to get a hold of the beacon, right? To pick it up, you have to spend a short skill to you do, do it on it. your own. Are you sure? No, you what can't you pick. Up, you can't pick up your own beacon. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. You no, sorry, be... sorry, sorry, no, no. You can pick up your own beacon. No, you you cannot you pick can't. up your own beacon. So only beacon. it's Sorry, only your enemy. It's only an enemy beacon only that enemy you can pick beacon. up yeah. because it says the trooper sense. in celibate contact with a friendly trooper in a normal state that has an enemy beacon. The trooper is in celibate contact with an enemy beacon with no enemy troopers also in contact with it. So no, you can you can touch you can be in contact with your own beacon. You cannot you never count as claiming it and you can never pick it up. So yes, you can you can put a model right next to your own beacon to stop yeah. anyone else from picking it up. Until of course that model goes into a null state. So that's like that could that in itself not a bad idea. You could go like, here's my tag. I'm putting it's it. It's gonna touch the my beacon own, for the rest of the touch game. Touch my own beacon. You go. I'll throw smoke on your tag, and you're like, I don't give a shit. You still can't pick up my beacon because I'm touching it. Mm, 
that's really interesting. Okay. That's kind of spicy. That's kind of spicy. I kind of like that. Really yeah. nasty. <laughs> especially, if, especially if the you know the beacon happens to be placed on the twelve inch zone near some cover, and your tag's got fifty five mil base, you can just be like touching the beacon, kill me. Well, first. I mean, if it's if if the beacon is counted as like. An actual pay, like scenery base. No, it's, it's, no, it's always a, it's always a twenty-five. Oh mil, yeah, okay. it's always a twenty-five yeah. mil token. It's never on the table. It's never, it never represents anything on the table. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, under the rules under ITS. A beacon is is twenty-five mils, um, and it's just a flat disc. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from making it something, I guess. But yeah, um, there is a page that says it tells you the size. Tanker, of we're going to be using those um orange little di- uh. Uh, antennas, I suspect. Well, I mean, technically, you shouldn't be because a beacon is twenty-five mil diameter, so it will just be a coin um, on the table. Okay. But yes, but yes, I mean, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, we could do that. I mean, we might as well do that. We've got a, a gazillion of these antennas, so. Um, but I guess, the, but then, but then that gives the cover to whatever's standing there, which is a big advantage. So that tag play being much more becomes much more legitimate. Yeah, that's true. So, so maybe yeah, I think we they maybe should stay as beacons. You have to just print. Uh, yeah, get I think some. Um, get some uh, coins. Get some coins. Uh, old Aussie coins that are twenty five mil, and just put them down on the table. That's probably a good point. But I mean, you can still do it if there's cover nearby and your base is big enough. But yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, what do we think is important in this mission? Defense. 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 Yeah. I, I think I think generally the way I've ever I've seen this mission go is that you're always going to have to try and crack through someone's um, defense. Maybe you'll get lucky. You'll have the right tools to like get in, get out first turn. But and this is this is always sort of it, like it's sort of just more of an other comment about this mission is that it. it Capture and protect. Almost always, what I see is <laughs> you like the person who wins scores like something like there'll be an amount of scoring the classified objective, and then they'll literally score one game round with the beacon, one game with the beacon, maybe in their deployment zone, and then their beacon's not captured. It's um, like five, because five it's, I think it's six with the yeah with the classified. Oh maybe. yeah, sure. Um, and often that's the way um, capture and protect goes because it's very difficult to have a piece that's like both fast, like fast, resilient, and like hard enough to hit that they can um, get all the way through all of that defense, uh, grab the beacon, and then bring it all the way back. Right? There's no forward deploying bikes. Um, so, yeah, um, defense is where it's at for this mission. Right, because the last, because the last thing you need is to try and, um, yeah. you know, this is like this pull is out this bike that's hiding somewhere. This is definitely the kind of mission you don't want to bring a null deployment list to. You're like, hey, I've got my list that's, you know, you can't get to me, and your opponent's just like, yeah, cool, great, I'll just grab your beacon and be home. Then will I? And they're like, oh yeah, shit. So yeah, you really have to think about arrows even if they're not long range just close in arrows mines hacking jammers tr bots um uh, war bands uh, anything like that that can you know i know when i used to play shaz used to like putting the tigers 
near near it, so that when my opponent got within eight inches of them, they just get to like dodge into line of fire, and then now you have to deal with those, which is like another order to kill them and then move out. So, um, so yeah, that, yeah, that kind of thing. There's three types of troops that can get this, right? So if it's a heavy infantry or a tag that's durable, right? So it's leveraging its durability to get to the console. Say so it's willing to win the arrows or beat the arrows or take a hit just to grab the console and get out. Um, it's hackable. So having a repeater or a hacker over watching the console. So that way it's not only it might pick it up, but it's at a threat of being disabled. Mm. Um, if it's a warband, uh, it's likely going to rely on its smoke. MSV uh, will stop it from uh, getting there. If it's a camo troop, mine will stop that, right? Because all of a sudden it's got a dodge. Uh, uh, camo troops often uh, one wound, uh, with some exceptions. Uh, and if it has to trigger a mine or dodge them against a mine, there's a huge risk to it. And yeah, it's just, yeah. So there's three things that are, so if you can have all three, so you can have a mine, an MSV troop, and a hacker overwatching yours, you've done very well. It's going to make it very hard for the opponent to do it early. Did, uh, did we want to just go through the, um, did we go through the special rules? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Um, so I suppose, yeah. I suppose there is a consideration. If you are lucky enough to get a cog and it's worth it, Go for it. I think the only one yeah, you can done. do uh, without the HVT is test one. Tron? Tron probably, yeah. and like, yeah, I don't know what the other we, ones are. Because you can't do retro engineering because there's no, no HVT. There's no HVT. Is the, yeah, it's, it's a dumb, is, it's a dumb rule. Is, Get rid of it, please, CB. I mean, they will soon, yeah. right? Because a new classifier is coming out. Um, well, yeah. we'll see. No, they um, are. They are coming out. We know this. What are the... Um... Oh, I mean, as in we'll see if they get rid of the cog symbols. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> um, what about the pitfalls of this mission? Uh, well, the, yeah, not like null deploying is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is something that you should not do. Um, another, another pitfall is probably, it's a hard one, right? It depends. Like investing in too much of either, investing in too much attack and not enough defense or not enough defense and too much attack, like whatever that sort of thing is, that balance, striking the balance, because you can you can invest heavily in attack. If your attack fails and you've got no defense, then your opponent just be like, pop my HD ninja and just walk over to the thing and then spend all my orders coming back. So I think having a good balance of attack, defense, and also having something left in the tank for turn three. Don't yeah. waste all of your... Don't waste all of your motorcycles on turn one trying to get to the thing. Until turn three, when all of your opponents' big guns are gone, their minds have already been detonated by your war bands or whatever they are, and then just go for that last turn because you're not trying to get 10 points here because, as Jacob said, it's impossible. Um, so, like, go for the three, four, five point win and take, 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 take the W. Yeah, be patient, I think. I think that's a really good pitfall. So in turn one, if you're going first, the temptation to go for it and grab it is huge, right? Yeah, that's, when that's you're exactly what it, I was about to say. You have to do the math, maths and work it out in your head before going for it. Can you actually get it? Or are you going to spend eight orders then possibly not get it? Because if you spend eight orders building up, uh, not moving up your force, not uh, improving your position, not doing damage to your opponent, but go for an attack run on the beacon and not get it turn one and spend eight hours doing that, that's a huge pitfall. So if you're going to go for it, make sure you've accounted for everything your opponent's set up and and make sure you can actually grab it, 
right? Otherwise, you're yeah. gonna be halfway through your reward expenditure and will realize you can't get it, and that's gonna hurt. Uh, the other thing I was gonna say is if it looks too easy, think about if the opponent's faction can take a drop, uh, hidden deployment troop. So I was again, just about to think that as well from like an attacking point, from my point of view as a player. Yeah, definitely. If it looks too easy, so I played against Tristan. Uh, the first time I played Tristan, maybe BCB, like maybe two BCBs ago. It was just too easy. I'm like, hold on. There's like hardly anything watching this. I'm just going to get get it. And that's when he revealed his Link Sniper. And I'm like, you cunt. Um, so basically, <laughs> yeah. So effectively, if it looks too, too good to be true, think about maybe there's a trap there. So those are just some things. And oh, drop troops, drop troops are amazing. Right, drop troops are just amazing. Just fucking, yeah. They're really good for this mission as well. It's the most efficient way to get to the beacon. Um, and also, also, also to assassinate the person carrying the beacon at the end. If you're going, if you're going last, if you're going second, you've allowed them to get your beacon. You're like, yeah. cool. All I need to do is get back. You know, yeah, counterattack with the um, drop troop or the hidden deployment troop. And one thing that uh, what my game with Tristan that I played um, last week that sort of revealed is often the decompression zones are used sort of aggressively. It's sort of to try and stop your opponent from getting to you, which is what you should do in this mission as well. But there is also a, an advantage to putting the decompression zones like right in front of your um, right in front of your uh, beacon because that's going often right that's going to either force them to, if they want to go straight on going to slow them down a bike would hate that right because they're so big they're often going to hit it yeah. um and it's probably going to force them to maybe send their master breacher at you um mm. if they're not lucky enough to have a bunch of zero g or train total um so in this case i would say that your fair game to use or like it's a Fair idea to use the um, decompression zones defensively. It can reduce um, your burst, though. So just remember that. So if you have a link team, it can reduce your burst. Um, it it, it so is a careful it is a careful consideration for sure, right? There, I there there could be an argument to be made that maybe sort of put it to the entrance of like the area that your beacon is in, but I don't think it's wrong to put it just straight in front yeah. of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Val and I were having a chat before we started the second half of the episode, and something that I noted um, was it's really it's really down to what you what your opponent's taking, um, and how well do you know their army. So mm. if you know their um, the Ariadna have quite a lot of, or let's just say my faction Rama, right? We have a lot of terrain total in the faction. So if you put your decompression zones in front of your beacon, I'm like. Sweet. I'm just gonna like ignore those, cop the minus one burst, and I'm now speeds and I, I'm now movement seven with my Namur mm -hmm. or my Nahab. You know, and if I make them the master reacher, my Mukhtar, he's now also movement seven through the thing. So it's not always like it is, but it depends on your it depends on the faction your opponent's playing. And if you know, for example, they have I'm just trying to think of I'm not an enemy faction, attack, I think might be a good one. They have a lot of their camo infiltrators are um terrain total i believe maybe i uh, know there's not there's not a lot of terrain attack power okay. and the scouts, scouts yeah. okay so something like that right i'd be like well is that going to be possibly the one other with one of their yeah. carriers 
I want to incentivize that or do I want to try to avoid, you know, try to stop their movement halfway up the board instead of like the movement that I want them when they're they're closest to it. So it's so, it's a consideration you just you will only know by knowing your opponent's faction, which is hard yeah, to so do. It's it's yeah, it's it's not half bad to just go through the app and be like, okay, what has terrain total? Because uh, if you're staring at steel phalanx, there's a lot of characters in there with smoke and terrain total. Yeah. And if and if you haven't brought a big enough gun to deal with something like a tag and then your opponent puts makes their Jotum a fucking um master master breacher, breacher. good luck. You've just put you know just you just given this guy like, you know, keys to your beacon. <laughs> like it's now a seven four movement tag. Uh well, just in that one zone. Uh which bear in mind the decompression zone uh, players do get this wrong. You only get that bonus movement if you start your movement inside that zone you don't yes. get it if you like you can't like pinball through it you have to like yeah. you have to like yeah. you have to go like spending order right i'm activating this unit i'm already in the zone now i move the extra inch you don't get it as soon as you touch it yeah the the, the biggest advantage of train total whatever through the decompression zones is the fact that you don't have to stop yeah exactly yeah absolutely yeah that, that stopping is i, I think i played yeah. a game uh, at the last tournament where we put them like this far apart so I had like mm. Armin would move into it, stop, move out of it, stop, and then move mm. like it would, it just took so long. Like it just took yeah. two extra orders to move through what should have been like a whole order move. Um, so that was pretty smart if you can if you can interspace them to really screw with your opponent. Yeah. So um, I'll be interested to see if anyone scores really highly on this. Um, but yeah, someone will always uh, yeah. uh, score highly, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Be, be the person probably wins BCB. Person who faces, uh, I don't know, Trent with his all on. That should be yeah. an easy one. Um, right. Move on to round three. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, so, round three is Frontline. Uh, so, this one is somewhat more unique to the ones we covered in the fact that it has four classified objectives. Um, this, for the rest of the scoring, it's at the end of the game, dominate the nearest sector to your deployment zone. At the end of the game, dominate the central sector. And at the end of the game, dominate the furthest sector from your deployment zone. So when you take a look at the uh, map board for um, frontline, you've got your deployment zone, and then eight inches from your deployment zone is your nearest zone. Eight inches from that is the middle. And then the next eight inches um, is your opponent, the opponent's closest zone, your furthest zone. Um, again, for the special rules, we've got Shazvasti and Baggage. So uh, Shazvasti need to be dead to not count. Baggage gives you extra 20 points. You have an Intel common rule again. Now, this is different from the other Intel common rules that we'll bring up, in which it allows you to add the points on the top left-hand, no, right-hand corner of the card that you draw to a zone at the end of the game. Um, now, I think I think I think everybody has been playing it. Apparently, it's apparently wrong for however long it's ever existed. Is if this you do this when you draw your first classified card? So it's only that first classified card that can be no. turned into an Intel Com one. Yes. No. Stop. Yes. No way. That is that is controversial. Yeah. Hold on. Let's have a look at the RTS document. I'm double checking this one. That's crazy Fucking talk. Josh says Josh says he's right. Which you know, if Josh says he's right, yeah, then he must be Josh. right. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> before the beginning of the game, I'm joking. Uh, before the beginning of the game, but uh, after choosing the first classified, but after choosing the first classified objective, player must inform the adversary if the card will be the classified or the intercom each player rolls. Before the beginning of the game, but after choosing the first. Yeah, so it's like it's like you've got the two cards, you pick which one mm. you want to actually use, and then right. you say, is this going to be Intel com or not? Mm. Right. So but but hold on, this this simplifies the choice. This simplifies the choice. If you True. don't p- pick a card that's at least, I would probably say in the right 15 up, you just take the objective. Holy well, like well, I mean to be fair though, to be fair though, like how else how else do you do it, I guess. Oh, I guess you just draw four. The, the idea is you have all one, four, right? and you can pick one and say, "I'm gonna Intel Comp." Yeah, this okay. Because I think yeah. how I, I've played it since forever. Massive. Because um, often, yeah, because all the time, if you draw four cards, often one of them is gonna be like twenty points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, and often in those missions, you only have one classified, right? Or maybe two. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of yeah, top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the only really one is. That's well, there's, huge. There's su- that's suprem- huge. Supremacy that's a great is another pickup, one. Jacob. Yeah. That's a great pickup, Jacob. I don't think anybody else would have picked that up. Well, um, I'll that's have to thank uh, I'll have to thank Hector for that one because uh, uh, he brought it to my yeah. attention during Tristan's game. Yeah, that makes hmm. sense. At Tristan's only, tournament. Only, yeah, so, so only only somebody as astute as Hector would pick that up. No one else yeah. in the right. community would have. The other special rule is you have a defensive turret and decompression zones. So the decompression zones here. Um, are a little less, uh, are probably a little less impactful on the game. Uh, but I, I would, I mean, we'll get into it later yeah. uh, when we talk about strategies for the actual mis- uh, mission. There's more. Sorry, we've got the decompression zones as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so, guys. Um, Sorry. I know we hate them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we talk. We talk about scoring again. We mentioned the zones. You've got. Uh, you know, the uh, eight inches closest to your deployment zone, eight inches in the middle, eight inches um, uh, closest to your opponent's uh, zone. Um, so if you think about the center one is four inches on either side of the middle, if you want to think about that. And your classifieds, and that's it. So really simple scoring for this one. Just have the most points in a particular in particular zones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm... Just as far as like uh, like strategy goes, if you can get as many as on your first turn, get as many of your classifieds done as possible. Um, mm. It's forty percent of your of the possible um, points uh, points, and it is, and it like so you, like normally you can sort of get like uh, take it take it or leave it as far as your um, classifieds are concerned, um, because you might have one or two. Right, or something like yeah. that. So you might do one and not do the other, or you might do none. And this one, I, I at least every turn do a classified. If if like if you're forced to do it that way, do a classified every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the with classifieds in this one. So one, the HVT is going to be really important because uh, you have three classifieds. Uh, as you take wounds, uh, as you take damage throughout the game, your likelihood of being able to do all three or four classifieds uh, will reduce because as you'll take mm-hmm. losses, you might lose specialists. Uh, so being aware of where your opponent's HVT is and being aware where your HVT is because your opponent's probably unlikely to try to capture HVT as well as like a backup plan. 
Uh, that's important. The other part of this is I think you should always take an Intel com in this because just having, just getting a little bit of an upper hand or putting like that little bit extra into the zone uh, that you want to dominate can really swing this game because that middle that middle zone is effectively what you're fighting for, right? Taking your opponent's zone away or having your zone lost is probably only happens when like the games have gone one way or, yeah. or another. I think. And I, yeah. I think I think that's a pitfall um, sometimes of this mission is don't neglect your own deployment zone. Uh, so the, your yeah. closest yeah. zone. The number yeah. of times that people have lost the game because somebody last at the very end of the turn just drops in, you know, a you know thirty, like high thirties, low forties drop troop into their zone like no roll cost them nothing and they go that's it that's all i'm putting in this zone drops a card drops a 20 point card as well that's 50 points right for yeah yeah, yeah. um so so i think in a lot of this uh and s some armies have it easier than others looking at uca um having two baggage bots that just sit in that zone um is really important yeah absolutely yeah. i agree um, I think I think I'm, one of the pitfalls of this mission is is going for the middle zone. Actually, I think really? often 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 people try to go for the middle, thinking that's how they win the game, and it's not. It's two points. Like if you can if you can hold your own zone and take your opponent's zone, that's five points. Sorry, four points plus your classifieds. They can't win from that. Yeah, um, there, there is definitely something yeah. to be said of because I was I was thinking about this. If you Abandon the middle and your own zone, and I like I'm not saying you do, but like your own zone. If you take their zone and you do your classifieds, and they don't, you win. Yeah, but like, but yeah, I know. But I think you should always, like you say, you should always try and anchor your own zone with baggage bots yeah. or whatever you yeah. can, and then like push for turn three and just take take their own zone because it's it's remarkably difficult to know where your zone, the closest zone, ends and the middle zone starts. So I've had, I've had games where people like think they're in their own zone, but they're actually in the middle and they end up having like only a couple of things in their own zone. And you just like, like you say, walk a, walk a drop trip, 30 point drop trip on add a 10 Intel com card to that. And you've taken their zone. They've yeah, gone, ah, exactly. oh, fuck. I didn't realize where the eight inch zone was. So my hot yeah. tip for that one is use your HVT to mark where the 20 inch, 20 inch line begins. So you can go, this is where my HVT is. Anything behind this is my my closest zone, and in front of that is the other is the other zone. Yeah. Your um, uh sorry, just the other pitfall that is easy. Uh, it's just a to do in line with that is when you look at the scoring, you see your own zone is worth one. Remember, it's worth three to your opponent, right? So yeah, it's exactly. Worth, oh, it's only worth one, right? Yeah. But it's actually it's a two worth three to a, your opponent. The yeah. four point swing. It's, yeah, it's a, it's it is a, yeah it is. Everything. Really interesting that that it's worth it's worth nothing to you but everything to your opponent. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah so you really got to make sure that's what, anchored. What, yeah, one good thing um, that I know Kev, Kev and I like to do all the time is there's still HVTs in this mission. Um, they're really good at marking the end of your um, mm -hmm. deployment zone, uh, your zone. Yes, yeah, the twenty inch, right, the so, twenty inch line. So normally people will put them on the sixteen inch line. 
put mines on the 20 for this mission, but be careful what you said, Val, is, is, is very true, and it did it did come up and bite me in, in a game before, where you're, that your HVT is now four inches closer to your opponent's. So if your opponent has drawn four HVT classifieds or whatever, Which... you just go... Thank you very much. I'll take three points, please, or four points. Yeah, yeah so. I had that. I had that against. Um, had that against Hector. I had three HVT cards, and he put it right in my face. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing yeah, that I'll first. Take that. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Be, be, I guess it's hard to plan for what classifieds you're mm. going to get. So I think you should you should be planning like you, like you said. I think you know for a broad range of specialists, similar to something like highly classified. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that you that's... can have the best opportunity to do those yeah. four classifieds because those those four classifieds are um they don't affect what's it they can't be affected by your opponent but ensure that you have a decent spread so that you can accomplish whatever it is that comes up and like you say if the hvt ones come up often the hvt ones are like oh i'll just get rid of that one and i think in this mission it's really a good idea to do because you've got four of them potentially yeah, and don't don't and also don't don't forget that um, secure HVT is still like part of this mission. So if you're looking for an extra point yeah. somewhere at the end of the game, oh, yeah. just rambering a guy to secure HVT, mm -hmm. it's worth it. Still gets points in a particular section and all that sort of thing. I just took a quick look because I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, I actually took a look at all the cards that are above ten points, um, and like obviously it depends on your army, but a great a couple of great cards for your Intel com um is uh, oh hold on, sorry. Extreme no, great cards are mm, is extreme prejudice is annoyingly easy to get, but it can it could be. Um but nano espionage. Uh, nano espionage right is di is difficult to get because you have to uh, be in close combat with a specialist so it's very yeah. hard to kind of try and brick a specialist to do this without them yeah. punching you back in the face how many points is it um sorry how many points oh is sorry it? so that's that's 12. okay uh depending on your army predator is 17 points if you've got no real melee ab yeah, ability. yeah fair enough yeah that's good true, true. uh here's probably the best one rescue 18 Ooh, yeah. points right oh, wow. it's a really complicated one to do and uh if you take a look at the rules for Casavac, if you shoot while in Casavac, you drop the state Fuck that. so it's actually really difficult to do rescue Fair oh that sucks um, i didn't know that right. okay yeah rescue. And, and, admittedly bin. admittedly it is you can get a bonus point off of it same with predator mm -hmm. um uh the the hacker ones are uh, which the only one is really data scan if you don't have a hacker, so you're playing Ariadna or something. Yes. Uh, that's 14 points and 13 points for uh, mapping. Mm. Um, oh, mapping is a deck of a mission as well, so yeah. Yeah, it, it can be difficult. It's not It's not the worst in frontline because you are trying to get down that end of the board. Yes. Um, and yeah. if you can manage to do it with a forward observer or a hacker, I'm, I'm looking at yeah. you, Meteor, Meteor Zond. Meteor um, it's not Meteor. too bad, but again, those are probably so the ones Meteor. that if you draw as your first card and you think, eh, and the other cards, maybe another one of these, just pick the one with the highest value and go for the yeah, Intel com. Sure. Um, there is a couple of other ones, but they're things like in extremist recovery, which is kind of easy to get. Retro HVT retro engineering depends on the list. Test run depends on the list. Extreme prejudice, like I said, everybody can do it. It's not how particularly much is, hard. How much is test run? Uh, test run is 11. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
then yeah, so as I'm saying, it's kind of low and it could be okay. HVT designation and telemetry, again, just depends on your list. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, you can uh, well, it's more you go into the tournament thinking, oh, I'll get rid of I'll get rid of these objectives. Um mm-hmm. because I can't do them anyway, and they're worth a lot of points. Um it just simplifies your decision making. That's true. Um Hey Kevin. It says my up? name next to supplies, but seeing mm-hmm. as this is your favorite mission. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll uh, I'll read the mission that I want fired into the sun. Um right, supplies. Uh okay, so the scoring for it, you can, there are two points for classifieds. At the end of the game, uh, control a supply box. Two objective points for each supply box. At the end of the game, control more more supply boxes uh, than your opponent. One objective point. At the end of the game, if your adversary does not control any supply boxes, one objective point. So that's basically two, four, six for controlling an objective uh, box every game. Uh, seven, eight for more, and if your opponent doesn't control any, and then two for classifieds. Mm, so the yeah. um, the table is your standard 12-inch deployment zone with three boxes in the middle, one in the middle, and then one 12 inches either side of it. Um, special rules. Low gravity area, so all troopers possessing zero G or train total in the super jump special rule. Uh, we get a free secure sec deck, sec debt, so that's the free CSU. Deck. Sick, sick dick, a sick, a sick dick, bro. You got sick dick. Um, yeah, so free CSU for your list that does not take up any additional slots. So you can have an eleven order combat group effectively. Um, Intel Com, another Intel Com. Jesus Christ, Get these things. Yeah, this um, is, this can, is one I think you hate more than the other one. Counter espionage. Oh yeah, this is the one that like punishes you if you remember it. Classified objective fulfilled by a player that has the doctor or slosh oh yeah the the cross symbol the one that looks like a red cross yeah. symbol will cancel and a class of objective fulfilled by your opposing player that has the um targeted so the ret i think the reticle um symbol mm. those uh, ones yes, those are. Yeah. but um no one ever remembers that that exists so you should also yeah. forget that too because <laughs> meh. um yeah, it's, so it's that's sort a, of some of the weirder um, missions, so there's like net undermining and shit like that. Which one? Which one's net, net undermining? I'm assuming is the targeted one. So it's oh, pretty much yeah. the ones that are done by veterans um, and like elite troops. Interesting. That that they they get cancelled if you have done one with this like um uh, a, uh the doctoring one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So it, just quickly, net undermined, kidnapping, uh, mapping, and I think that's mm. oh, and capture. Yeah, okay, right. so three are pretty hard. One's easy out of those. Yeah. Um, so supply boxes, they start on the table as tech coffins. Again, we usually in our area play them as S3 scenery items that um, a specialist can walk up to and boop them. If you are a um, doctor or a paramedic, you get an extra dice and plus three to your whip. If you successfully boop the snoot, then you the tech, tof- tech coffin flies off somewhere into the ether and is replaced with a little token that you have now picked up that is the supply box. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be picked up uh, once it is out of this tech, tech coffin. Anyone can pick them up, not just doctors and paramedics, sorry, not just specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, you um, control the supply box. Um, you cannot be in the null state and you cannot be in silhouette contact with an enemy model. So very similar to Protect in that, in that, in that vein. 
Um, there are rules for supply boxes. Only one you can only carry one. If you've got baggage, you can carry two. Um, you cannot you can drop them at any point, but you cannot that model cannot pass it to somebody else. That model has to come up and like retrieve it from the model who's carrying yeah. it. I think that's the order it happens in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, now we had a discussion before about if you are you die while you're holding it, where does the thing all go? Often. You know, often in the midst of battle, you're not necessarily moving with the token on you. You're just kind of like, you know, you've, mo you've moved off into the distance somewhere and you're going, oh, yeah, this model, this thing's touching me. But if you die, does it just place it anywhere that was touching your silhouette? I, think I, I would probably, I would, way, I, I'd, probably I'd probably just say, like, anywhere on your movement path. Um, in, oh, no, like, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean. I mean this is this only really is effective if you have a, if you have a large base. Like if you're fifty five mil base, mm. that does that can that token if you die does that token have to go smack bang in the middle of where you died or can it just be anywhere where your base was touching? I think it'd just be on the edge of your base. Okay, so like you can you can effectively it. manipulate where that where that thing is going yeah. when you die. Yeah. Is that's what I'm yeah. getting at, right? Yeah. You, know, you can like push it in the corner a bit further. Just think about it, you know, you're guy on the bike or whatever, he gets shot in his last uh, little death throes is to like sort of uh, toss it forwards. Take the yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So um it's a fairly standard mission. Most people have played everyone's probably played it. Um, get the box, hold the box, and do a couple of classifieds. What do we think is important to take in this mission or to, to consider for this mission? Smoke. Or Miss Faye. Uh, the easiest way to get something in Infinity is basically um, avoid having to fight fight somebody for it. So smoke means you can just get things uh, without having to have a face-to-face. -face. Um, if you don't want your opponent doing that, you have MSV to deny them. So, yeah. I, I think, I think um, in this particular mission, it's also really good to take a look at how you're deploy, like what side you picked or which side you've been forced oh, yes. to deploy yeah. on. And so sorry, if you get to pick deployment and deployment is, do all yeah. that is consider, can I touch this button in cover? And how difficult is it to approach this button? If you've got a side where you're like, it's like, I, like you can't see me touch the buttons. Um, I can touch the button, I can approach the buttons without being seen and I can take them away. Yeah. Um, then take that side if you can. Um, the easier your approach is, the, 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 the problem is you are probably going second in that in, the, in that instance. So you have to so you have to consider if you're likely if you're wanting to be the attacker the, yeah. or the defender in the first first or second, right? So like like you mm. said, yeah. If if, the, if there's one side of the table that is really easy access to the buttons, you win the initiative roll. Then you're going to want to take that side, but then you're going to have to consider. Well, hang on, do I want to go first, or isn't does my opponent want to go first? Do I have a means to stop them from taking the buttons? As in, like you said, Val, do I have MSV? Do I have mine layer in the midfield? Because, you know, smoke doesn't care about your mines. It'll still go oh, off. That's right. That's um, right. So yeah. can you can you effectively stop them if you're, you know, hey, I've got, I've got easy access, but it's not going to matter if they've taken all the boxes away because you don't have an effective defense. Yeah. Oh, you, don't, you don't have anything standing up in the arrow, um, TR bots, mines, whatever it is. Yeah, so this this is very similar, like in sort of, I guess, basic strategy to capture and protect, where you don't want to not 
be trying to defend a box or two. Um, I think any for almost any army without sort of sac potentially sacrificing all your good hit pieces, um, it's impossible to guard every single box. But if you can at least really guard up one and maybe half-ass the other one, um, at the very least, then you're slowing your opponent down. Um, I think for the most part, um, there's a bit of acceptance that the person who goes first, um, if they've planned correctly, is going to probably get one box. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And your your entire game might be about just getting that one box off of and them. That's important. If you're going first, you have to get one box. Yeah. But you have to get one box because you force your opponent to get one box in his turn. You didn't get any yeah. boxes. Your opponent can punch you in the nose, and they they get the they get a chance to punch you in the nose. Yeah. Um, it's, and yeah. It's automatically and, slowing down their second turn. Well, yeah, and because think, all of a sudden you're I got a point lead. I you're think though, if you are going first and you can and you believe that you can punch them in the in the nose hard enough. I think getting a box can be secondary because if you oh, okay. if you move if you move the 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 line of scrimmage again right to mm -hmm. in front of the boxes, then your opponent has to spend their entire first turn yeah punching you back to get to the boxes, and then your second to be like, all right, I'm gonna grab a box and run away. Uh, I, I admit that's probably not always the easiest option. Mm. It it can be can be a case yeah, of like yeah. I'm gonna hit you really hard. And then see if I can hold you off, and then I'm gonna use my like my, my one skirmisher I've got in the midfield to just grab a box and run off and turn two. Yeah, I think so, developing some of your troops for uh, later late game is important because yeah, if you yeah. if turn one all you do all you spend is doing grabbing a box and then your opponent grabs box, they're gonna have the last turn right, and then you're not gonna have anything to reach out and hit them with uh, because you've not developed mm -hmm. anything out of your deployment zone, so you've only got two turns. Yeah, I th I think it, I think if you can see it, of like a path to the box that also takes you into a fight. I remember probably the last time I played supplies, I had something like this where I was able to do a fight with like a Harris or something like that. Did the fight, touched one box, and like and then you know Zoidberged my way back to um, as far as <laughs> to my deployment zone as I can. I always yeah. like the visual of just going yes. away <laughs> with the um, objective. Um, Actually reminds me that's similar to the um, Caption Protect. If you are going to go for one of the boxes, plan it out in your head before doing it and saying, hey, am I going to get this or am I going to be stopped halfway, right? What, can, is something going to go wrong? I mean, I'm going to spend six orders and get to the box, but not be able to extract it yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. So, and yeah, again, think about TO troops and um, the other thing that's probably I another think, tactic is I, drop troops. I drop think... Troops are great. Well, I, what I was thinking it's going to be truly dangerous in this mission is um, any perimeter weapons. Okay, yeah, yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah, the same. Crazy, crazy koalas, fast pandas, I suppose. But any anything that can, because a single crazy koala, I don't think a single crazy koala can defend both like two objectives, but it's pretty damn close. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking of like the taskmaster carrying his crazy koalas, goes up, does a fight, maybe grabs a box, hides halfway in between the two, and drops his crazy koalas to defend the next box. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think um, pitfalls for this mission though are um, not planning, not not planning or over over underestimating your ability uh, to get a box 
or even two boxes. If you yeah. go out with the impression of going, I'm going to, I'm going to get two boxes and put my opponent on the back foot. And you don't accomplish that. You maybe grab one and then you flounder, can't get the second because they've revealed a hidden deployment sniper or a mm. uh, someone's revealed and you know crit you and you've gone, oh no. You need to consider before the game starts. What are you going to do? Like, wait, what's your what's your backup plan? Um, because there's nothing worse than than half arsing an attempt to get a second box and then just ending up in a position where your your dick's out in the wind. You've got one box, but you've done no you've you've made no material damage to your opponent, and now he just gets to hit you back with full force and probably claim that box that you just conveniently opened for him. Because that's another very important thing: is don't open a box if you don't think you can extract it safely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think just echoing that you got to have essentially two exit plans: one where everything goes the way you want it, and one where things don't go with the way you want. And you need to know when those plans are going to be implemented. So, just for the sake sake of argument, you get this firefight; it's just not going your way. You have to know when you're going to break off that firefight and pull back the box or yeah. something like I, that. I, I think I've the worst. Games people before who've done that who've gone like they've just tunnel visioned on getting this box and they've mm. gotten stuck in a flash pulse bot and rather than going all right abandon this idea retreat get back into a position do a classified they've gone no i will kill this flash pulse bot mm. and then i will go get the box and they get to yeah. the box and they've got oh, i've run out of orders now i'm standing here with the box in my hand in the midfield and now it's your turn and yeah. then i'm like i'm like yes so don't Take a breath, make sure that you're not about to sink more orders into something that you cannot... I mean, it's a general infinity rule, but for supplies, it's very important because you yeah. because of the mission. Um, well, so it's, it's also... The, wor the, the worst thing you can do is leave a... Un, like, a, even a controlled um, supply box, but especially an uncontrolled supply box, in a position where any Joe Blow can go pick it up, run off with it. Right. Some, yes. you know, some, you know, uh, you know, a Moran who's not a specialist or anything like that. Like the they are, they are, they are oh. specialists. I'm saying the non-specialist one. He just oh, goes like down. They, yeah. yeah, he just goes down, grabs the thing, runs off. He's already there. Mm -hmm. um, that's the last thing you needed because then he spends his turn. He gets another box, and now you're really on the back foot. You've because you've already lost stuff, and he's got two boxes. Um, uh, TO troops as well, uh, uh, hidden deployment troops in the midfield. Uh, last turn, that last turn grab on a, bo on a box that no one's mm. gotten to yet because commonly there's one box that no, someone's like gone, oh, whatever, we'll fight over that one later. And another, another good one is if you've got um, any sort of infiltrator with things like, uh, like a, a, a rocket launcher or a marksman uh, ship weapon to. You talk, you talk, because I've had this happen. About, um, helots? <laughs> we talking about? I mean, hel helots is, are, are an example. Um, oh, I can't, I can't. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Thrasimedes, which is the character Thrakatai. Um, okay. but I'm sure there are other, I'm sure Aye. there are other ones. Sorry, Aye. but he has, a, he has a light rocket launcher. Why? To, at, the, at the end of the game, if someone just manages to get like a supply box sort of back but not fully hidden the ability to pop out in a good spot and sh shoot that um character to stop them controlling the supply box can turn um the like the tide of the game i had one where uh oh, what's it called right. a um well like a yud bot the helper bot had the had the box 
And so instead of trying to get another box for my turn, I was just like, I'll just get it out of your hands. You could do that with any gun, not just a light rocket launcher. What's the light rocket launcher? That Some, just just something that's got that good 24-inch uh, range band, so like not a missile launcher or something like that, but also just to try and just like kill it. So it has to be like a nice killy gun. Oh, right, okay. So not um, so something that gets rid of cover. Something <laughs> right, that gets okay, rid of... I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, because, uh, um, fuck, what was I going to say? i just forgotten. Um, Val, did you have anything? Nah, that's pretty much it. So oh. TO troops, um, yeah, smoke, troops. MSV. Yeah. We, oh, we've forgotten uh, to mention the fact that it's got the same bonuses as cryogenics. So, again, you're looking for a fit efficient specialist that can withdraw yes. a box. So, yeah, 112s, Dynamo Paramedics, Knight of Montessa Paramedic. Anything that's a paramedic that's speedy, a Mukhtar Doctor is really good in that, and Harris. Um, and there's so many, like, the Maggie pilot is a paramedic, and it's 6-4 move, and can, like, just plonk her S8, armor 8, body in front of the, you know, body block the, 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 the console while she jumps at the butt and grabs it and then gets back in and then runs away. It's, um, yeah... It, it, it cannot be overstated how annoying it is when you're trying to extract a box on a one dice on a 13 and you keep rolling 15s. Oh, yeah, this is the it's mission like, for it. Just, just kill me now. Just take me away. I want to roll two dice on 18s, please. Um, or 17s. It would be really nice. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's really important as well. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you and I, suppose, I suppose the only other thing is speed does work in this again your daimyo paramedics and stuff are great gotta go fast yep. yeah and our last mission the, uh the decap yeah uh decapitation uh so uh like i said i think this is a great one to end the day with because it's relatively uncomplicated and relatively um uncomplicated uh, and relatively different but also um kind of easy on like if you've if you've been being put in loss of lieutenant in the every single game uh leading up to this yeah. where well, you don't have to worry about it this is this is the one mission that we cannot participate in guys we have to take yeah. a step back and yeah we just have to take the forefoot yeah, we just have to um, take a for this one so uh scoring no classified objectives uh, the first one is kill more army points than the adversary, gives you three objective points. Kill the same number of lieutenants as your adversary, gives you two objective points, but only if at least one lieutenant um, has been killed. Has been killed. Uh, kill more lieutenants than your adversary is three objective points, and kill the designated target, which we'll get to in a second. So, special rules. Uh, the biggest one for this mission is reinforce tactical link. All right. In um, in short, there's no loss of lieutenant. Your lieutenant dies. All right. When it comes to your turn, uh, you automatically announce who's your new lieutenant, and you do not get go into loss of lieutenant. So that's different from the normal rules where you go through a turn of being loss of lieutenant, and then the next turn you declare your lieutenant. Mm -hmm. um, but that also means that the lieutenant, uh, the your lieutenants are open information for the entire game. Um, so even if they're in a marker state, they don't have yeah, to be outside of a market state, but you still have to say this marker here is my lieutenant. Um, additionally, your lieutenant cannot be deployed off the table. So no hidden deployment and no lieutenant in combat drop. Uh, like, you know, in reserve for combat dropping. 
Uh, no quarter, so this will not end if you get to retreat, which for anyone who's not played a lot, it's less than, like, oh, sorry, more than 75% of your army killed. Or less than 25% of your army points left alive. Uh, no gravity zone, so again, terrain total, zero G, super jump, plus one bonus to your movement speed. And there are multiple HVTs, so you put down two HVTs. Um, I'm going to skip quickly to the scoring rule for these HVTs, is both are counted as designated targets. So they count as being um, an enemy trooper for the sake of AROs, um, and they can react as a normal trooper. So they can dodge if you get too close to them without stealth. Um, they can... I don't... I think they can shoot back. I think they have a stun pistol. Yes, they can shoot back, and they can CC yeah. back. They can CC back, all that sort of uh, thing. Um, and so you get two points for killing each of them. So yeah, but they're, um, they're, They have a pretty woeful um, stat line, though. So they have yeah. CC 6, BS 8, Fizz 11, Whip 11, and Arm 1. Remember the Arm 1, because that can be important. Mm. And, and also the, the Fizz 11, because they, they, dodge, they dodge better than most um, most yeah, troopers. Yeah, than some of them. Uh, so yeah. don't be too too flippant with the designated target. I mean, they still can shoot, they still can dodge, but at, like they're not a serious threat. Uh, yeah. The other part of the scoring rule is uh, just the rules. They give like clarity for what killing is. Mm. Um, so a trooper. So the first thing is is that a lieutenant is considered lost as soon as he goes into a null state. Uh, as soon as he's in a null state in your tactical phase, which is the beginning of your turn. Okay. Hmm. Right, because the idea is if your lieutenant goes down and you revive him. Yes. On yes, your still turn, counts as, fine. Still counts, still counts as a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still counts as a kill if it's in my active turn. I've killed your lieutenant. Yes. In your, in your and you turn. Revive if, you, him if you revive him... It's no longer yeah. your, your lieutenant. I've still got the kill that's in the bag. Yes, and he loses like the lieutenant rule. So if you bring him back to life, he's just a Joe. He's just a Joe Blow at that point. I feel like they, right. I feel like they added that paragraph from last season because I don't think they had that before. It was a bit ambiguous. No, I, like, and well, I think I there was a whole bunch. Yeah, yes. there was a whole bunch of like what happens when they revive and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and then troopers are considered um, killed. At the end of the game, if they either they've entered the dead state um, or they are in a null state at the end of the, game. end of the game. I suppose yeah. the other thing is anything that's not deployed on the table is also considered killed. So if you have a drop troop, drop the damn thing. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, uh, is that, I don't think that's true. Is it? No. I, think, uh, I think it is. I, think so, yeah. I could be overstepping. I've been looking at too much Warhammer. That's yeah, what I, I, think, I feel like that was a, was a rule, but I keep hearing that someone says, oh, no, it doesn't count. It counts fine. Or maybe just not for the end of the game. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. Um, but, I'm, yeah, that's but, just, but, but Josh is Josh is about to correct me because um, he's listening intently on the on the cast, so that's good. Um, you must be speaking to Hector. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Move, move, moving on. What, um, sorry to interrupt. Where were you? That's it. That's the end of the... That's the, uh, that's the rule. So it's pretty simple. Um, when you see, well, I always take a look at some of these missions when you see army points left, army points killed, is the mission is either about surviving or it's about killing. Frostbite, I think, is about surviving, less so than killing. Yeah, it's right. to, kill, this it's mission, to kill more. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, like, like, but you can kind of look at it as like, oh, you ha- like have more army points remaining. You just kill more of your opponent. But mm-hmm. yeah, this one is like, you fight. You try and kill your and push your opponent. You try and obviously get to the lieutenants. Um, I suppose my question with this, and I don't really have a good answer to it, is: is it good to have like if you've got a lieutenant, is it worth having something like the? Um, What's it, the demonist observant? Something that's tough, right? Yeah, but it's so, already going to be obvious. Or do you pick something that you would hide anyway and so, protect so, yeah, it? So this is, so this is, this is for this mission where it was like I was talking about like the spice. This is like the pepper in your white soup of a mission lineup that we've created. Um, it's not too spicy, but it gets a little bit of flavor. Is that this is probably the one mission where you're going to have to consider taking. A specific list maybe because it's one it's the one mission where you're gonna have to go well i can't maybe i don't want to take my like two moderators my you know my decoy moderator or my decoy fusilier or whatever it is because it's open information you've just given your opponent a really easy kill if they want to take that lieutenant on so yeah like you said you could if you're running bakunin this might be an opportunity to run the demonist because it's it's two wounds armor three he's got guard like it'll tank a few hits it's expensive but it comes with the ability to survive a just a uh like a random incursion by a fide which you know mm-hmm. would kill a fusilier or dead and um, pretty quickly so i think yeah this is this is what consideration for your for your final game um and your second list that you might go well let's build this list around keeping my lieutenant alive and also keeping my army points alive so do i just take a really defensive list that hunkers down forces you to um you know basically trades up forces you to take every fight in my favor and then just wear you down to the point where you just you just kind of kill your you just kind of you know throw yourself on my lines and you die um it's it's interesting because it doesn't really line up with any of the other missions like capture and protect is maybe the closest example but you still need to get the beacon um, so, it's it's um, it's interesting. I don't know how people are going to take this one. Yeah, especially on the last mission. Uh, I'd love to actually have the last the top table be recorded for this mission. It'd be really inter- really interesting. But um, it's probably that's a whole different conversation. But in regards to what's uh, important, obviously the lieutenant. Often the mission is done without the lieutenant being killed. In my experience, because. Unless you really have an assassin piece, which I think you need an assassin piece, killing the lieutenant can be really mm-hmm. hard because having okay. him on a rooftop surrounded by a bunch of mines well, I mean, or a bunch of uh, yeah. templates, you're in trouble. We, we talk, we talk yeah. about an assassin piece, but you're not necessarily just going to have one. Right? Well, that's what I'm saying. You have to build for it. You have to build into your list to have an assassin piece. And if well, you I'm just, I'm just, piece, it's got to have a terrain skill to get up buildings because that's where people are. Yeah. Hide. But I'm, I'm thinking like someone taking Invincible Army. There's not really a piece that's that good at assassinating anything in, in that particular one. So you've got to, in that case, you've really got to uh, like loot the Luzhen and Luzhen drop troop. Yeah, Luzhen drop troop because you go. You're absolutely correct. You go. My 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 LT is in this fire team. You're like cool. My 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 Luzhen is going to drop right on top of it. Now I mean now, it. now I re- <laughs> you've just said that, and yep. now I really don't want to take a moderator. Um, yeah, right. Because he's just going to drop and explode on him. Yeah, 
Um, jo- oh. Josh, Josh in our, our Patreon chat is um, has corrected me. Yes, uh, troopers that have not been deployed on the game table as a model or a marker at the end of the game will be considered killed. So thank you for clarifying that. I'm and also, also he also his opinion is he likes to take a shit a shit LT and putting hold it on, putting the LT on. Whoa, on whoa. Why are we taking his opinion on board? Oh, he's a patron. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, he pays us. He pays us to, to do this podcast. So, um, no, but he, he actually goes for the fact that, like, he just accepts the fact that you are going to kill my LT. And I just, and then just my goes job for is the to kill two LT to, kills. To kill two of yours. Um, which is kind of because, like, that in, in a standalone game, that's not a good tactic. But in a five round um, format, that's probably not a bad tactic because it means you don't have to overly skew your list. Or this mission yeah. to have like it, tanky it, LT. It, it does also mean that you can take like a weak LT and like transfer it to like transfer it to a tag or something that normally can't be an LT. So like let's say you're playing again. I'm just because I'm yeah. in Bakunin mode. You're playing Bakunin. You lose your moderator and then you go. Oh, okay, it's going to be my lizard. Yeah, it's 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 but still you don't want to be giving your opponent if you lose your if you lose your LT, you've effectively given your opponent three points. Unless you can yeah, kill no, them I, back, in which case you I, I, both points are points. the HVTs. The easy points yes. are the HVTs, right? That's the easy points. It's four points. Then you're yeah. fighting for um then you're fighting for more kills, and that's a fair fight. Um as soon as you do a lieutenant kill, that's a big swing. As soon as you lose a lieutenant, yes. or yeah, that's yeah. a huge swing. I do yeah, I do I, think that this mission is all about um keeping your shit alive and not overextending to try and kill more of their stuff mm-hmm. because the the way the way the work the way it works is you'll just you'll just end up kind of being the same and at some point someone's just gonna kill slightly more. So I like yeah. to go for yeah, like HVTs. LT and then just making it as difficult as possible for your opponent to kill your stuff. Um because mm. yeah, the the times I've played it before is what it takes is your opponent to slip up killing one of the designated targets, you know, from a lucky stun pistol sh- crit or they get they get hit by a mine or whatever it is, and you are you're in the lead and you just pull back and like make it as difficult for them as possible. So some of the things that are useful, important in this mission that we've already mentioned, but uh, drop troops are always really useful. Hail Mary attempts. Uh, mm-hmm. You have the ability to efficiently kill the HVTs. So efficiently. Yeah. So your whole turn's not used just killing the HVTs. Um, and when you are going for the, the kill of the HVT, do it in a way that's most guaranteed. So um, yeah, try try and make sure like... It, it can happen. So, um, would you, what would you suggest using, like, so, in your army? So, in tack, I haven't really thought of it just yet, but um, to really guarantee the kill, uh, I think Pavel would be maybe an overkill because then you're giving him up effectively. Uh, I, 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 I think antipodes because they're cheap and you don't care if they antipodes. die, they'll probably kill in return. The, they probably would be good. Um, the dog warrior. Dog Warriors is good as well, absolutely. Spec firing uh, grenades onto them is nice and safe, but um, yeah, uh, it's too. Well, that's actually not a bad idea because when when they when they when they transform, they're fizz sixteen, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. really good at spec firing. And then they can um, they can they can throw on thirteens, which is pretty safe against yeah, a fizz of. Well, it's, well, it'll, it'll be fizz eight if because it'll be out of line of sight. Yeah, fizz, fizz eight, thing, thirteens. Yeah, yeah. So, I think another. Sorry, I, would say, I think another good one is just like depending on the where they're positioned is um just just Strelox. 
Like, yeah, Strelok's a good year as well. Yeah. A Strelok mine layer with a shotgun just goes up, goes poof, there you go, and he can die. You don't really care. Yeah, the um, and having whatever piece that if you are going to play for the assassination, uh, if you're going to try to assass- uh, have a, something in your army that can assassinate the opponent's lieutenant, make sure that it's got a climbing skill, right, or a way to uh, ascend buildings because that's usually where the opponent's going to hide them. Um, and finally, the other thing for uh, for this mission is, yeah, Pitfall is if you're playing against Toha or Nomads, they are likely to be able to kill your HVT without having to see them. So when you're deploying the HVT and thinking about, oh, where are they going to come at it from? If you're playing against Toha, they can potentially do it through a wall using that, um, what's the name? Throwaway. Uh, yeah, the Pharaoh Bowl. Who's the who has it? The Pharaoh. Uh, so they did a tackle with um, heel, yeah, tackle. Or if you're playing as nomads, they can pitcher, botlight, nuke, and then missile. Right. Which is a lot of orders, admittedly. It is. Um, it is a lot of orders, but it's very yeah, very yeah. safe. And when you're deploying your HVT, just keep those uh, pitfall in mind uh, if that's what you're facing. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's another thing to be careful with your LT is. I think your best LT, I mean, if you've got a non-heavy infantry or a non I should say non-hackable inf- heavy infantry LT, that's worth taking. So I'm sort of thinking like Greys or Mortimer's um, or like, uh, what's his face? Uh, or what's his face? Um, William Wallace. Um, like taking them is good. I think the one thing to really avoid is having an LT that's a loot, uh, sorry, an LT that's a hacker, an LT that's heavy infantry, because Oblivion will count as the lieutenant loss. Yeah, uh... and if someone gets a, if someone gets Oblivion onto you, um, because yeah, going count for points, will it? If you isolate them, does, it doesn't count for uh, doesn't count for killing. Uh, kill just uh, it just means that the lieutenant moves 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 over somewhere else. Um, so you might one of the things yeah well yeah would, would, would oblivion actually work we'd work at mo- uh it would um no i don't think so uh, i don't think it works for scoring points no it doesn't work for scoring points no no if the player lacks a lieutenant during the tactical phase which you would because you that that lieutenant is now in an isolated state you would have to choose a new choose a new lieutenant, but you do not get a kill because it's not it's not killed. Yeah, like one of the things I was thinking of is like we're talking about like defensive lieutenants, like yeah, you know, like you're talking about lieutenants. Like, what about avatar? Like, does this mission? Do you want to take an avatar as your lieutenant in this mission, or does it just become all about killing the avatar? But then that's kind target. of what, and that's mm. also what every avatar list is about. You just go, I kill the avatar. That's my mission. Even if it wasn't decap. So, like, I think yeah, that exactly. has... Yeah, you make it, yeah. You, you know, it's kind of not really that much of a difference. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to think about a, an active turn lieutenant. If you want to take... Yeah. yeah. You know, I like think... an Asura or a Coronted or an... Well, you, well, you could take an... An anathematic's not a bad idea because you can just have it in a marker state <sighs> yeah, even a bet Kazakh, like, uh, like you got to fight with the, it. The, 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 yeah. the problem, the problem with the vet Kazakh is, you put it, you put your vet Kazakh in such danger um, when you use it to shoot. I, I probably say the best lieutenant that Tac has for decapitation um, is a scout. 
Yeah, but fucking running a scout lieutenant. Is, is, isn't that like one SWC or something? Uh, it's zero, but it's 29, 29 points. It's quite, quite expensive. It? But it's AP, well, burst two, uh, 29 points, burst two. You're not, you're, you're not using it on no. anything. You're hiding you know, the damn thing. You, you, know, you, know, you know that the best LT for this mission is Shinobu, right? Take Shinobu, <laughs> put her in the back corner of your easy in a marker state and be like, Come at me, bro. Come at it, bro. Come at it. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, 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 just have it there, and people are like, oh, it's a ninja sniper, and you're like, nah, Shinobu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because you have to say that's my yeah, that's yeah, my LT, well, and they're gonna go. Oh, the last yeah, that's true. And they're like, oh god damn it, my fide can't deal with her. That, that, um. that, that's how you, you could you could double up because you could double up if you were playing Shaz because can't the Noctifer be? It can be your LT. Yes, it can. Yeah, yeah, but then so you, you have could to do that go... and have him standing up. No, no, oh, no. Because again, you have to tell can't you. Can't be the you missile say, launcher. You have to say, that's yeah. my LT. And then they're like, oh, it's a min, min minus yeah. six marker. It's yeah. your Noctifer. Cool. It, I'm trying to yeah. big brain it and it's just not no, working. No, you can't because you have to say what it is. You can't even, yeah. you can't hide it with decoy or nothing like that. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's a tricky one. But I do think that the, the, the trick for me in this, this mission is to um, use as few pieces to kill as many of their pieces as possible. So, yeah, try it up. Like, try it up. You know, Fides, Kitsune, um, Brand, Castro, walking on with drop troops, um, something that can get there efficiently, kill what they've got, and then die, and also have something that can kill the HVTs while yeah. you are in your DZ going, I'm surrounded by mines and things. So it's kind of mm. like a capture and protect mission, but without the capture. Just the protect. Mm. Just yeah. the protect. Just the protect. <laughs> which, which I think is a, changes a little bit where I think in, de in decapitation going second, um, mm -hmm. as long as you've got the ability with like mines or hacking uh, repeaters and that sort of thing, a null deploy does sort of work in this one where you've got to try and force your opponent, uh, opponent to spend as many orders trying to get to anything that's valuable. Um, yeah. And hopefully in them trying to do that, they've sent something valuable for you to just jump on top of and then push out. Um, yeah, it's it's very easy to score in this mission. Oh, sorry, very very easy to understand the scoring in this mission. Mm. So um, you should be able to keep on top of where you're at with army points. Because um, army yeah. points is the only thing you need to track. Oh, sorry, and designate targets. But you assume yes. that you both kill... You assume that you both kill both of those. You're both on four all. And it's a case of like who can kill more army points. And if yeah. lieutenants happen, then bonus. Actually, if lieutenants happen, then you've probably won the game. Um... Unless you then hemorrhage, you know, you hemorrhage yeah. a lot of troops yeah. in the aftermath. I mean, if if you can manage... Your HVTs is also something we haven't discussed. Getting one HVT out. Oh, yeah. You can do that's, that, right? Yeah, you can legit. capture that's your legit. one. You can absolutely. Yeah, so CV backing them, yeah. Yeah, that's um, legit. Yeah, so if you, if, if you can put your HVT in, like, a really defensive position, that's... And, like, have them struggle for those two points, it's worth it if you can do it. Um, four, it's four but that's points it. in total, right? Yeah, yeah. Four points. Oh well, I, I I was figuring you could only probably because if you put both of them in like the single defensive position, that it's worth it to spend the time to get rid of them. But if you can yeah, spend I'm... one and deny two points, but that's really table dependent. If you've got like a nice, I remember or something to hide I did. Them in. I remember I did that in my last round at um, Brezcon against. Um... Oh God, I've forgotten who it was now. I feel like a terrible person. Um, 
<laughs> I was going second. He was playing an avatar list. Um, he, uh, I put both of my HVTs down in the same spot. Both of my designated targets down, like right, almost right next to each other. And um, he had nothing really there. But I was like, okay, there's going to be a speculo. Speculo is going to come. They deployed the speculo right next to my HVTs, and I'm like, cool. I can't deploy with my speculo mine layer right next to your speculo. He goes, oh, okay. So he goes and he shoots his shot. He reveals. He puts down two templates on both my HVTs. Both pass their dodge. Speculo dies to the mine, and he's like. Nah, I've got nothing now. <laughs> when it was risky because oh. I could have lost both my HVTs in one order, but I was like, "Roll the dice, baby." Um, <laughs> it was also a very open table, and I had nowhere else to put my HVTs that the avatar couldn't just have gone, blam, blam, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was kind of the other issue. Uh, right. Well, right. that is all of the missions. Uh, so I think that we want to sort of cap off uh, this discussion with how we go about sort of approaching this tournament as far as like list building goes um sort of like and especially i think the biggest thing that always comes in with these bigger tournaments is um what's the how what are we going to what's the mindset we're going to use to split our two lists mm, that's a big one um i suppose kevin you can just talk theoreticals because you're actually TLing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, yeah. like wh- wh- why don't we go like kind of round table here? You know, with one of you starting, just yeah. what, what what your thoughts are. Let's uh, let, let's start with probably always the most controversial Val. So yeah. So <laughs> the the other thing I wanted to bring up as well: what's the most important mission to build for? So what mission do you really want to do well? Yeah. So game one, game five. Well, that, game that, that that could okay, be the yeah. way like you do your split is like I want to focus on this mission and then I'll take those pieces into this other missions i haven't really decided um the easiest way would probably be like kevin said uh lining up the specialist bonuses that's one way to do it right so for example um cryogenics gives you uh, uh, bonuses for doctors and so does suppliers so you could do it that way uh for me i'm probably leaning cryogenics um uh, uh cryogenics um supplies and decap because each one of those missions rewards an assassin, uh, somebody who can uh, get there and kill either a box carrier, a lieutenant, a HVT, or um, a data, bre- data master breacher. So that's one way you could build. But I think the most more obvious way is probably doing lining up the um, the bonuses. Okay. Would you put um, caption? Where would you put Capture and Protect in your... Fuck Capture and Protect. Uh, yeah, no. So the Capture and Protect would be the wild card. <laughs> e- e- either list could probably, should be able to probably do it. Um, okay. So Capture and Protect, you probably want something quick in Capture and Protect and, uh, and Frontline because you want to be able to get across the board pretty quick um, to kind of secure a zone. So uh, be that a drop troop, be that a motorbike. Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of works, but there's not... Yeah, Capture Protect doesn't really synergize with anything other than maybe decap because you want to defend. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, not, not too sure with Capture and Protect. So, what about you guys? What about you, uh, Jacob? I'm thinking, like, I, I, I'm gonna. I love so many of the armies in Infinity that every time I think about taking Bakun, and I'm just like, yeah, but, and then I think of about another army. Um, I think because. 
especially because of the inclusion of decapitation um, and the unique sort of weakness of nomads of not having uh, not having chain of command um, does Although sort of it make matters, it not that it matters in decap. Oh, sorry, but yeah, yeah, in other missions. Yeah, but it's for it's it's for the other missions. So I think what mm. I'm going to do is I'm probably going to focus on making one list for decap, um, which for me potentially the lieutenant of choice is um, the custodia because it can go oh, into cool. a marker state. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it is a bit vulnerable because well. it's a... Sorry? It can be your LT as well. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Not uh, or potentially, I mean, admittedly kind of go with what Josh is saying and just YOLO it with the moderator and hope that the, my opponent doesn't just go and shove like their fist um, down his throat. Uh, we'll see. But that would probably also be like my frontline um uh frontline list mm -hmm. um and maybe like my supplies list so it'll be like my sort of my more aggressive fighty list what's, um, what's whereas again? so it'll probably supplies. be decap supplies and frontline mm -hmm. and then it'll be cryogenics and capture and protect because that one I can make a more defensive list and there's a lot less focus on like technically like fighting in those two particular ones and it's a little bit more about like grabbing an, an objective pressing buttons that sort of thing that's interesting I did not think about that split um, um, which hmm. well I mean obviously supplies could sort of go to both like that, I suppose, mm -hmm. as far as like Val was saying, Capture and Protect is his wild card. I'd probably say Supplies is mine. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm just theorizing. I'm just theorizing here for myself. But yeah, I mean, Cryogenics and Supplies go together pretty well with a specialist um, assortment. I would then also put Frontline in that, into that same mix because I'm gonna have. I need specialists for those two missions. So therefore, Frontline just kind of like just kind of fits in there there's domination in cryogenics and there's domination in frontline so they both work if i've got baggage um and then the other two missions in are capture and protect and decap because neither of them need any specialists whatsoever well i mean the one classified sure um but they don't need any specialists they rely heavily on being able to move up the table do the thing the thing being capture the beacon or kill your lt and then the other part of it is defending your LT and defending your beacon. So if I've got a list that has, say, a few mine layers in it, a jammer, or if I'm playing Hack Islam, I've got some mutts that can sit around my LT to make your life difficult. I can run some um, uh, Liberto mine layer around the capture the beacon, also around my own LT. I can put... Um, bikers with smoke to go grab the button i've got fide to stab your lt um mm -hmm. and and also or also throw smoke on the on the beacon and run it back so they kind of they they work very well together and there's not too much um yeah there's not no it's not too many conflicts the biggest conflict is who i choose choose as my lt because i'm capture and protect it's just probably two ghoulams but if it's um if it's uh, decapitation do i go for something like saladin and make it a bit more durable specialist that's kind of obvious or do i go for um like a barid you know because yeah, i don't know at least i can use the lt order it's it's yeah. difficult 
Um, I mean, I th- I'm probably I mean, just going to go with the two Ghulams option and just try and defend the one that is the Ghulam yeah. is the right one. This might be a unique thing to um, Hark Islam because I don't know of any other profile with this. I suppose um, Toha get it as well. Uh, but LTs with regeneration because yeah. you they don't count in like oh because you right. can resurrect them yeah, yes yeah, in the state space and you they you so, wouldn't have to choose a new lieutenant so it doesn't count yes. as the the kill okay. yeah no there's there's a reason there to take, to take the Z so and I, lieutenant. I, I think one of my favorite i think oh i thought one of my favorite ones was the asawira doctor yeah well this the asawira lieutenant Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Which lieutenant. one's a lieutenant? He's he's just a lieutenant, isn't he? He's just a lieutenant. Well, he can the, the the lieutenant AP Spitfire could be a good one because he goes down. Oh yes. You you've used them actively. You don't have lost a lieutenant. They go down. Reviving a fourteen. They don't get the point. You carry on your way. That actually has some merit. I like the sound of that. Could do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, that's I don't, yeah. There's a couple of risky, regenerating lieutenants around. If you don't use the LT, even if you just keep them in the back line or use them for a third term push or whatever, then yeah, hmm. yeah. No, you've you've made me think about that. That's kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Um, um, what else? I, I, I suppose the only thing is like maybe looking at your opponent. I'm just thinking of Pano, like sort of having a list that can sort of just flat out deny any sort of shooting at all. So if I'm playing... Well, what, well, well um, maybe... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, that, was just, that's, that was really all I was going to say is like maybe have a list to deal with somebody who's really good defensively and someone who's really good aggressively. Well, I'd be that's thinking about... about um, I mean, we're talking about BCB right here, right? So I'd be thinking about what armies might we, might, might we likely see it bcb right because if you can mm. figure out what armies might be dominant or might be useful then you can think of ways to counter them so if you think that combined army are going to be really good in this Fucking event then you might start thinking about that um i don't know like what seriously like out of this list is there any particular army that jumps out at you that might do really well in these this this lineup i i personally would be looking at things like ariadna and cosmoflot um, mostly because they have access to decent paramedics, they have access to lots of smoke, they have lots of speed, aggression, durability, um, and they and they can do all five missions. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's perfectly balanced. Every every faction do well. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but no, the I think I think Morat's in a really good place at the moment. Um, can they do? Can they do this this lineup? Particularly yeah. better than anybody else. Yeah, they got yeah, a lot of good, like Razzia kind of essential. Yeah, they got Razia um, Zero G Smoke to grab Capture and Protect. They've got MSV hackers for to defend against that. Supplies, they don't have any midfield uh, people to, that's probably yeah. their weakest. Uh, but in terms of cryogenics, they got a super special. Got the yeah, yeah, and I was about, I was about to say, what's their? I, I think you did. If if you mentioned it before, it's it's only because I can't remember the freaking names of everything. What's their deployment? Uh, their drop trip called? Uh the Razjat. Uh, Razjat. Yeah, yeah, the Razjat. Like yeah. that. Indeed, in D cap, being able to drop um, yeah, in the right. deployment zone. They kill. Uh, so yeah, and yeah. In, def- in D cap, you've got Karnak, who's like a bit of a tank, He's all right. and. Yeah, yeah. He's not too well, tanky. the thing is, the thing is, in Morats though, you don't have to worry about you know taking a specific decap list because you've got veteran for days anyway, so you don't care about running a aggressive lieutenant. Anyway, yeah, it's so it's, it's, that, it's that sort yeah. of thing of 
they like you don't it's more it's not so much of a decap but for every other game you can yes. have the most yeah, yeah, obvious yeah. lieutenant in the world and you don't care yeah that's um, a good point so yeah i suppose i mean i mean i don't know really but nca it's got a lot of veteran in it with the bolts anything with a lot of mm. veteran in it could be okay i think gsa could actually do quite well in this one because they've got they've got some they've got speed they've got smoke they've got ability to assassinate they've got they've got very they've got very durable very cheap lieutenants that can just sit back and be like i'm two Mm. wounds over three with chain rifles um they've got good par um i don't know if it's a paramedic but they've got good specialists right that can get to supply boxes get to cryogenics I don't, yeah. I don't think they quite. I don't think they have. They quite have like the doctor paramedic presence. No, but you're right. Speed, for, yeah. speed, speed for sure. Like the uh, what's the the Kuroshi Rider as Kuroshi well as Rider. the just the Aragotos. And they've um, got uh, we'll get in Jimbo there. As well. Jimbo, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Hackers Lamb are pretty good for this one because just because of the paramedic doctor classifieds, really, yeah, right? Yeah. And sorry, um, and the bonuses. I, and I think I think that for a lot of these ones, the Asawira makes a brilliant master breacher um, because of the extra speed that he gets. So the ability mm-hmm. to touch buttons on a good whip, he's already getting all the bonuses. You're unlikely to fail opening up a, a box or whatever. Um, and he's able to get there and get back. He's got often seven inch movement when he becomes the master breacher. So what are the what are the sort of top three or five things that you will be considering in your lists? Like what, you know, you know so you know, for example, mm-hmm. if I was building a list of two lists for this, um, you know, I'd be thinking about where are my doctor paramedics, where yeah. are my six two or six four movement specialists or faster? Um, do I have hidden deployment? or some kind of superior deployment models that can come out on turn three to grab a supply box, push a button in cryogenics, or like like be a general nuisance um, for things like capture and protect. I can reveal a hidden deployment Tuareg and be like, hacking you, you're stuck. Um, and then other things like, do I have, do I, oh, see, this is one thing I was thinking earlier on, is do I have suitable enough gun I can force my opponent to keep their heads down so I can accomplish my mission. So in things like supplies, yeah. in ca- capture and protect, and even in decapitation, do I have do I have a gun? Do, do I have a big enough gun that makes my opponent go, oh, I think I'll... Because like, in, in two of the missions, at least, you kind of want to keep your head up. So if you can force your opponent to put their head down, then you kind of start to win the mission. Yeah. I think I'm going like I'm going to think of every list kind of needs that to be fair. That's uh, yeah, like... it's 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 true. But like, it, I, often I don't think about that in my missions because I look at asymmetric plays. But I am thinking about like, you know, essentially what I'm thinking about is is in my lists. If I was playing, I'd have a TR bot in pretty much all of my all of my yeah. lists, um, just to be a, just to be something that I that my opponent has to deal with um, before yeah. they can accomplish the mission. I, th- I think I'm going to mostly consider it's like midfield defense um, or at least like a forward deployment sort of defense. Um, and if not, um, like including some sort of speed into my list, including things that can effectively slow down my opponent. So either a really hard ARO piece, uh, uh, one of the ones I'm just because I used it recently, is a linked Moira HMG. Um, 
is just a nightmare to get rid of. Not more yeah, of a nightmare it, than a linked linked Moira sniper. I feel like that would be a barrier piece than a HMG. Oh, but... it, it, it it depends on ranges. I, I I honestly I take both. One covers a really long range corridor. One mm. defends more close yeah, cool. up. Yeah. Um, it's good. I mean, I'm just glad that you're taking them. That's I, I like to hear this. Honestly, honestly, like uh, they are, as, like in my mind, giving. Um, uh, they're giving the riot girls a run for their money, um, okay. just just because the riot girls like each profile very one dimensional. Anyway, um, yeah. So like I think I think this one is like the ability to defend and slow down your opponent, and making sure that probably both lists have at least a doctor, an engineer. And either a hacker or a forward observer, or multiples of those sorts of profiles. Mm -hmm. um, with obviously, you know, if a hacker is a better choice than a forward observer because it can do all of them. Um, but of course, with like tack and that sort of thing, you don't have a choice. You, you just got to take yeah. the forward observers. For me, a uh, good lieutenant, a good master breacher, uh, and an assassin piece. Those are the three things I'm going to focus on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So those are three. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm definitely have speed. I'm Ariadna. Um. I've got dog yeah. warriors and, and antipodes. So one list will have probably one or the other or both. Um. Uh, but I'm yes. Bakudan. I'm slow. Yeah. All medium infantry can't move very fast. Yeah. Who's who's your who's in the running if you're a master breacher? I guess it's hard, right? It's hard with Tath, That's one of the hardest things. So it's probably almost that Kazakh is pretty much the only thing. Uh That yeah. can be. Mm -hmm. That's any good. Uh, Ratnik, you could. Um, so I will might fuck mm. around with the Ratnik Harris um, this weekend, uh, this uh, this Thursday. Sorry, um, I can't be dog warriors. It can be Frontovics, Voronin, Line Kazakhs, Vet Kazakhs. That's it. So yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, a bit hard. A bit hard. Yeah, it's a bit hard. Yeah. Um, I tend I I tend to just put it on my taskmaster most of the time, especially because his base is so big. It helps that he doesn't have to stop at decompression zones and stuff. Being five inches helps. Um, it can yeah, it it, if I'm if I'm running like two Harrises, it can go on sort of like sometimes the leader of the Harris. So if I'm like running the penitent observant, could go on that. Um, or if I'm running, like, let's say Kusanagi or something like that, um, it could go on her. But often it often it goes into the um, the Taskmaster because he just, it's just a good profile. Like, especially the Heavy Rocket Launcher, it's just such a good profile to put it on. He's going to be doing stuff. For Cryogenics, I'm not so sure. I might end up just putting it on a random moderator. Um, to do what we were talking about, which is I just dominate a zone and have him make sure he's in it. Um, yeah. But in missions where it doesn't matter who my like who my master breacher is, just that I get to pick one, it's probably the taskmaster. Yeah. Just something to give you the extra bonus movement if you need it. Yeah. Because yeah, pretty much all you know. Compression. There is in this this lineup. There are two missions with decompression zones. Yeah. Two. There's one yeah. mission with the plus one movement. There's one mission with the super jump. I think there's two with so so decap gets oh yeah so decap gets plus one movement um uh supplies gets uh the super jump um the uh front line gets de uh, decompression zones 
mission protect these decompression zones and then uh the first mission which is cryogenics gets the plus one movement oh yeah so every mission has so some kind here. of movement every every mission has some kind of movement bonus or yeah. not bonus depending on which way you look at it um either two with the decompression zones two with the plus one movement and one with super jump that was not intentional but that's kind of fun so um yeah, yeah. take your take your def definitely if you've got initially yeah, that's a new consideration look for models with terrain terrain skills or terrain total or terrain zero g um and then yeah really consider that because that extra movement can be so and even on super jump on some things can be so nice yeah so um, I, yeah other than cryogenics i would probably yeah, always put it on one of my big heavy infantry dudes just to help him move around the board I'm going to have to jump off soon. Do you guys want to have much more to say? Or because I'm happy to leave it yep. to you guys? Or you guys want to do the draw? Well, hang on for one quick thing. I promised I wouldn't, Kevin, I would not forget this. <laughs> right? For everybody who's been listening, who's listening live or listening on the podcast, we're finally going to do it. We're going to do the draw. All let's right, do so yeah. let's go want, do, do it want, just do you, want, quickly. Do, you want to, do you want to cast it? Cast I, I'm it, just about to. You've read my mind. Okay, thank you. All right. Boom. This is uh, very exciting. Screen. Okay, go live. Alrighty. Okay. So um, we're just going to do it like in alphabetical order. So the first one, so the models that we're going to raffle off in alphabetical order. So the first one is going to be the Aya. Oh, so so, so, right, before, so before, you, before you push that button, before you push that button, we have, mm. I think, was it 30 something patrons on the chat? So thank you all to our patrons for, you know, supporting uh, us and giving us your money so we can continue doing this awesome yeah, podcast. This, we is really, this, is all, this is all for you guys. Um, so, yeah, really big thanks to everyone who has um, yeah, supported the show over the years. Yeah. Very nice. So Okay, so first one for the painted Aya done by Danny Paints. Danny Paints. Um, uh, lovely model, beautiful oh. free hand on the cape. Um, I feel like I need a drum roll here, guys. Yeah, okay. And our winner is... Oh, Melbourne yeah, Lewis! It's, it's fixed. Yeah. This is fixed. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome poetry, so yeah, that is it. Uh, so congratulations, poetry. Lewis. Thank you for your support. Thank you, everybody, for your support. You will receive a nice... No, yeah, I wouldn't say cool. shiny, because it's a beautiful mute, uh, matte model uh, IR. It's very well beautiful. painted, Lewis. You'll enjoy it. You can add it to your um, your white banner list as your, I don't know, HVT <laughs> or something. Um. Uh, okay, so <laughs> now for the big girl. Uh, the right, painted Marut, painted up by uh, we, uh, Aiden will, of uh, yeah. Wendigo Wet Palette. All right, here we go. Did Lewis get removed from the this draw? Yes, he did. He did. Okay, good. And... Oh, no. <laughs> Revulet. Revulet. That's, um, that's another Melbourne local who wins that one. <gasps> Oh, so congratulations! <laughs> we have just now don't have to send either model to anywhere else in the world. So um, that's, oh, that's, that's so rough. Oh, <laughs> oh, at least at least we recorded, it, so there's no one can say anything other than wheel of names has spoken. The wheel oh, of names has spoken. Yeah. I um yeah. So thank you, congratulations well, to all of our you know, to our winners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank um, you very much, guys. And so, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Loss of Lieutenant. I've been your host, Jacob. I've been Val. 
I've been Kevin. Have a good night.